All of these shows on Rob Has a Podcast are supported in part by our patrons who contribute as little as 25 cents per show. If you want to find out more about becoming a patron too and joining the private patron-only Facebook group, a.k.a. Patrons Are Us, check out my video at robhasawebsite.com slash patron. Coming to you live from my apartment, it's Rob Has a Podcast, and now here's the guy who's so bad at challenges, he would have fit right in in this Brains Tribe, Rob Sesternino. Hello, everybody. How is it going? Happy Thursday. Big Survivor Day here on Rob Has a Podcast. We have a very, very fun show for you guys here today on our long-form interview podcast here on RHAP. We're going to be speaking with the Dragon Slayer today. Yes, that's right. Coach will be joining us here on Rob Has a Podcast. And then I'm going to have here in person with me in the studio my buddy Josh Wiggler, who you know him from his blogs on Rob Has a Podcast. And he is one of my co-hosts on post-show recaps, which if you don't know, that is my scripted TV podcast site where we're covering things like Walking Dead and Game of Thrones and House of Cards and Saturday Night Live, and we're covering 24. So we have a lot of stuff going on on post-show recaps as well. RHAP is the reality TV arm of my podcasting, and then post-show recaps is the scripted TV. So you can check that all out at postshowrecaps.com. So last night, I talked to Stephen Fishback. We had our Survivor Know-It-Alls, had a very fun conversation talking about a lot of the things we're going to talk about with Coach here today, whether or not the right decision was made with Spencer, whether you should ever throw a challenge, and all that is very good to hear what Stephen had to say and what I had to say as well. And then this morning, I spoke with Jatia, and it was a little jetense at times, and I think that's definitely an exit interview that you want to uh, check out. And I think it went, uh, it was interesting. I'll say that. I'll say that. It was an interesting week for exit interviews on Rob Has a Podcast and hear what Jatia had to say. And definitely some interesting insight uh, came out of that conversation as well. So that's on robhasawebsite.com. Of course, you will get all of these podcasts when you are a subscriber of Rob Has a Podcast. You can subscribe to our main show feed. That's all of Rob Has a Podcast when you go to robhasawebsite.com slash iTunes. Or you can subscribe to any of our shows any way you want to by just by clicking the podcasts tab in the nav bar or by going to robhasawebsite.com slash podcasts. And we always appreciate it when you leave us your feedback on iTunes. And I'm very excited to be podcasting with you guys this week in particular because this is the first time ever that Survivor beat American Idol in the ratings. The RHAP bounce, baby. Yes, that's right. So kudos to Survivor for its longevity. And now let's talk to our guest today. He is a three-time Survivor player. You know him most recently from... Survivor South Pacific, but he's made other stops in Token Chains and on Survivor Heroes versus Villains. Here he is. It's the Dragon Slayer Coach. Third time's a charm, baby. I guess, uh, you know, since I'm doing this the third time, I did Survivor three times. I'm retired from Survivor. Um, a lot of people ask me that on a daily basis. Yes, I'm retired. So since this is the third time I've done your podcast, this has got to be the last time. <laughs> you're, retiring from, to say that. you're retiring from the podcast, Coach? Well, you know, I mean, Really, three times. That's 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 the limit, I think, for old coach. Yeah. Okay. Well, we coach, better make this a good one then. We'll make it a good one, coach. You sound pumped up this morning. I'm very ex- uh, excited to be talking to you. I haven't talked to a lot of people that are pumped up today, so this is good. <laughs> I'm pumped up. 
every morning. My father used to say he would wake up at five in the morning and he would be at his peak energy, his peak mental capacity, and then he'd just go downhill all day. And that's about the same with me. I feel like I woke up this morning at 448. Uh, I was drinking coffee by 458. And then, you know, I'm actually at the gym right now. As you know, this is customary for us to talk while I'm working out so that it it, uh, stimulates the endorphins and I'm extra (laughs) uh, excited to talk to you. But, yes, I'm on the um, elliptical machine right now. I will jump over to the bike in 15 minutes and then to the treadmill after that all right keep us posted as you're moving to different machines so we so we can get the (laughs) the mental picture okay so let's let's jump into this because this was a fun episode last night that gave us a lot to talk about so the big question at the end of the episode that we were left with was it was it the right move to vote out jatia or was it the right move to vote out spencer for these two people that are left and i know every survivor has a different opinion about this but i'd love to know what is your take on this decision well, I mean, of course, you know, the, the whole decision yesterday was, and you talk about it every day out there. Most of it doesn't make the edit, but you just talk continually. When they're going to merge, what's the next challenge going to be? When's the next challenge? It's just this, you know, this continual thing. So obviously the dilemma was keep somebody that's quote unquote loyal or keep somebody that's going to be good in the challenges. And it was really funny that they voted out Jatia, which they chose strength and challenges for the tribe versus um, loyalty. And it was funny that the clip for next week shows the tribes uh, merging. So that was kind of a a funny thing. And you could see just for a a brief second, you know, flashing on their faces like, oh, crap, did we make the right move? Um, You know, for me, watching the Brains tribe, it uh, it, it just really has been a disaster. It's actually not been fun to watch. You know, it's like, I watch the documentary. I watch a lot of documentaries to inform myself of things so I can appear smarter than I actually am. So I was watching a documentary yesterday about, you know, killer whales and Sea World and Blackfish. And, uh, how... Exactly. Boy, you are the man. I'll tell you what, I'm never going to Sea World again after seeing them separate the babies from their moms. And, you know, I was talking to my wife about it yesterday. She was like, well, I thought that they only captured uh, injured whales. And I was like, well, yeah, that was the party line. That's what they wanted to make everybody believe. So anyway, watching a documentary and uh, it was, it was painful to watch at times. And that's kind of what I got the sense <laughs> a lot of times for survivor this year. It's just, I want it to be a good year. I think it's going to be a good season, but it's just, it's a little bit painful to watch. And when you watch, you know, Jatia barely able to swim, you know, five yards doing the backstroke with her. I, it was weird. She looked like a little dolphin, not in swimming prowess, but like she was like flipping madly with her hands to her sides, trying to swim that way. It was just painful and just to watch her blow challenge after challenge and not even be that good of a character. I thought she was going to be kind of like Nayanka in the beginning, um, which was a character that I loved, um, even though she quit and that left a bad taste in everybody's mouth. But just about everything that came out of her mouth was, you know, gold. And so I, you know, I was hoping the same for Jatia, but it just didn't happen. It's painful to watch. I think they did the right thing. I think they should have done that, you know, the first episode. And I, and I kind of was thinking that they're just like a bunch of idiot savants that, you know, can do great things on the IQ test. But when it comes to, you know, actually playing the game of Survivor, it's really painful to watch. I mean, the guy on the drive is really the only person that has a clue about the game of Survivor. They, they've sufficiently dug themselves a deep hole. And look, for him to be saved time after time, 
it, there's going to be a sense of loyalty there. And if you're going to be irrational like Jatia was and has been, you never know what's going to happen. And you don't want to play the game with somebody like that. Anyway, in fact, if I were, you know, the two girls left on the brains, I would go up to him and I'd say, look, you're going to be loyal to us, period. And we've saved you. Let me get some kind of broker of your word as to, you know, playing the game in our alliance. Yeah. You know, I feel like that there's a couple of parallels here between uh, this and South Pacific that I want to ask you about. So this is a question from Gavin Costello. And usually we save all the questions from the end, but I thought he raised a good point that I want to touch on. So he wants to know, uh, Coach, would you have voted out Jatia or tried to keep her as a vote in your pocket like Edna? Now, Edna was somebody who, on your season, that you pushed hard to keep around because you felt like she was somebody that was going to be loyal to you and you wanted to keep her around, even though other people in the tribe said, hey, look, I think we need to push to get rid of Edna. So what's the difference with keeping somebody who is, you know is going to be loyal to you like an Edna versus keeping somebody around like a Jatia? Well, you know, I mean, loyalty, uh, loyalty has to have its rewards besides just loyalty itself. And I think that, you know, one of the most underrated aspects of the game of Survivor is the hard workers that are out there. And you see it, and it comes up occasionally. Edna was such a hard worker. And when we see Jatia, you know, she's uh, not really ever, you know, contributing to camp. When, when I look at Edna, you know, she's not embarrassing herself in the challenges and she was very smart and she was also very rational and so you look at those three things how far does the loyalty go essentially if Edna had been lazy around camp um, if she had been blowing every challenge and if she had been you know threatening or acting crazy and obviously throwing rice in the in the fire or whatever you know I, I, we, I would not have kept her at all so would I have kept Jatia around because she was in my pocket Absolutely not. And in fact, you know, when Ed and I was fighting for and I had very rational arguments towards keeping her, with Jatia, you just put a target on your back for wanting to keep her around, um, you know, from the very beginning. The women were lucky because they had the numbers and they made that, you know, that quote unquote bold but foolish move first. Um, and, you know, they thought, oh, well, we're going to keep, you know, the alliance, we're going to keep the loyalty, et cetera, et cetera. But they're already going into the merge numbers down and so it doesn't matter if those three are loyal to each other they're already you know one foot in the grave because they're so far behind everybody else in terms of total uh unity or total numbers within their tribe so anyway i, I would not have kept it here because it would have put a bigger target on my back to try to fight for somebody that's not really worth fighting for now, somebody else that Jatia has been compared to this season has been Brandon Hance because of the obvious rice-throwing comparisons, but also on another level of somebody who may or may not just be, you know, unreliable in, in the game because they might have some stability question marks around them. But that was another person that you kept you kept around. So uh, over somebody like uh, Michaela, for instance, uh, in, in that sort of scenario, why keep somebody who kind of like Jatia is a little bit of a wild card over somebody who was a cha- somebody who would, could help you in the challenges, like when you guys uh, voted out a Michaela over a Brandon Hans? Uh-huh. So, you know, I, I, I will we'll revisit, you know, um, South Pacific. And, you know, I think the greatest compliment or one of the greatest survivor compliments that I ever received, somebody 
had tweeted and people retweeted it. They said, you know, now coaches' brilliance of the game has come even more to light. And I don't have brilliance of the game. I'm just quoting somebody else. I certainly didn't have brilliance of the game the first two seasons. And since I completely failed and dropped the final pass uh, at final tribal in South Pacific, I would not say that I had a brilliant game. But people said, you know, hey, the brilliance of coaches' game really emerges when we see Brandon without coach. Mm -hmm. So Brandon didn't throw the rice. You know, I had him on a very tight uh, collar, so to speak. And, you know, we continually talked to him, met with him, um, prayed with him. And and the the praying thing was more organic. People think it was a strategy thing. It wasn't really, but maybe in the back of my mind, hey, when you have things in common with people, of course you're going to gravitate towards that, right? I mean, if I'm in a room full of musicians, I'm not going to sit there and talk about, hey, check this out. I just bench pressed 250 today, you know, and I just, uh, you know, I did this super set and, you know, hey, I'm, I'm just now walking, by the way, from the bike, I mean, from the elliptical machine to the bike. I'm not going to talk about that. I'm going to talk about Rachmaninoff and Tchaikovsky. I'm going to talk about the emergence of the Impressionistic era and Debussy, you know, and the importance of the German, you know, composers from Brahms to Bruckner. That's what I'm going to talk about. If I'm in a room full of jocks, and soccer coaches, I'm going to talk about explosive training. I'm going to talk about the 4-5-1 versus a 4-2-3-1. I'm going to talk about the 4-4-2 diamond versus a 4-4-2 box. I mean, I'm going to just kind of gravitate to like-minded interests. That's just human nature. So when I'm out there with Brandon and we're both Christians, of course we're going to pray. And look, nobody's perfect, right? Brandon is a Christian. He believes in God. I totally know that he does because I, I got to know him fairly well. But that is something that we had that anchored us. Mm-hmm. And that is something that we had in common. So, but I kept a really good collar on him and was able to let him express his fears and his idiosyncrasies and his bipolarness, but at the same time, not tolerating it either. So many conversations that I had away from people where I'd say, hey, you can't do this. Well, not to go too much into uh, Brandon specifically, but just uh, talk about the un, you know un, unstable person versus somebody who can help you in in the challenges. Uh, sure. You know, sort of comparing it more to Spence, Spencer and Jatia. Sure, and, I'm, and that's and that stuff. Is, no, you, that you, stuff is great, but I just want to. But keep, you're the boss, and you're the boss. You cut me off anytime. I have the tendency to ramble, and anyway, so it's good. Um, but I will just say that you know the people that have. Um, eccentric behaviors or irrational behaviors out there are magnified or diminished based on the people that they play with. Brandon had Philip, who instigated it was like a like a, a um, gunpowder on on a flame, right? So he brought out the worst in Brandon. I brought out the best in Brandon. So you know, really, when you're playing with somebody that's irrational and versus, can they help in the challenges? You know, it's basic survivor strategy: get an alliance, be loyal to that alliance. But if that alliance member starts acting crazy, you get rid of them. And you pick people that are strong. They're going to win challenges first. So many people in this season, it's frustrated me and, and kind of disappointed me. Everybody's talking about, hey, the end game. Hey, when we get to the merge, you don't talk about when we get to the merge, this person or that person is going to be a threat on day one, three, five, seven, or nine. You know, it's only when you get closer to the merge that you start talking about, hey, who's going to be a factor to win the game if they make it to the merge. Yeah. 
I think that's you, you raise a lot of good points, and I think that the points you raised about people who are have things in common being able to get along better, you would think that we would have very cohesive groups because you would think that the brains tribe. I mean, basically, these people these are tribes of like minded people theoretically of brains and brawn and beauty. So you would think that these would be some of the tightest tribes that we would ever have. Um, well, I, and I think that they are. You're right, but I think also that when you have people that are too smart for their own good, that saying is apropos for this season because they're too smart, they know it, therefore they're going to be more judgmental of other people. You know, I felt like uh, that, uh, is his name LJ, the guy with the hat that found the idol on the Bronze Tribe? You know, LJ is sitting there saying, you know, that this is the the quintessential, uh, you know, Bronze Tribe that, that doesn't know how chickens lay eggs and, and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But he's talking about that, kind of saying this is really apropos. Sometimes those people with lower intelligence are less aware. People that have super intelligence are more aware, but a lot of times that's their downfall. And they overthink things, which I think is happening a little bit also with that tribe. Now, for those two women uh, in particular, for Cass and Tasha, now, do you feel like for their games long term, do you feel like that um, we sort of like pointed out, okay, these are this is the downside of keeping Jatia, but what's the upside for them for keeping Spencer around? Well, you know, if there is one, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that again, uh, it depends on what they said to him after tribal which it doesn't look like we're going to be privy to unless that's what the next episode opens with. But, you know, there was a point in token scenes where Sierra came up to me and said, Hey, you know, I went against you. I strayed. Da, 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 da. I'll be loyal to you till the end. And foolishly, I had, didn't have a clue of the game. And so I just said, no, get out of here. And uh, I, at that moment, I should have said, I can use this. And so if those two ladies are going to use the fact that they saved him and use the fact that he was not in alliance with them. He can be on the bottom of the alliance and probably be happy with that as long as he stays around. I mean, he's had such a horrible start to the game that, you know, at this point, I think he'd do whatever he could and make any promises that he could to get himself further in the game. But I would use that loyalty against him. Now in last night's episode, Cass and Tasha were seemingly, you know, going down to the last second, trying to decide who they were going to vote for. In all of your tribal councils, did you ever have an instance where you were trying to figure out who to vote for, literally sitting there at tribal council? Um, I mean, the only the only one that I can think of is it's too painful to even think about was Boston Rob. You know, I was sitting there wanting to go with him, not wanting to draw rocks. And I just should have had more balls and I should have just gone and drawn rocks. Or I should have threatened Jerry at the tribal council and said, you know, hey, you're choosing this side. We're going to re-vote again. I'm going to tie it up and you're going to maybe draw that rock. I mean, that's the only one that I can think of just personally myself. You know, as far as everybody else, um, you know, it's not that common it's not that common that, that that happens. I haven't been a part of that. It was weird, you know, because you, you kind of think to yourself, well, is this the edit? You know, okay, she is going home. That's obvious after she blew the challenge. And it's like a foregone conclusion. And are the editors trying to make things spicy by having them say, oh, well, you know, let's let's keep her around in the loyalty thing. But when you watch Tribal and you see them whispering, and Jeff, I got to say, Jeff really tried to get them, to, I think, to vote out Jatia. 
because yeah. you know you 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 watch him and he's like saying you know Spencer, they're not even listening to you. I I, I have very rarely seen Jeff be that aggressive in his questioning in tribal to get his point across. And that's what I thought during the tribal, because he just continually gave Spencer opportunity after opportunity, you know, to go to bat for himself, which for some reason he was very reluctant to do. I mean, his speech quote unquote of them keeping him around uh, was not that moving. And I would have said, I will be loyal to you both till the very end of this game. You have my word. I, you know, I'd get down on one knee and make a little theatrics out of it <laughs> and just say, I am your loyal servant, you know, or whatever. And so, but Jeff gave him opportunity after opportunity, but they were whispering in tribal who to vote for. So obviously it was not an editing uh, ploy. Yeah, that's a very fair point. And Jatia actually raised that in my exit interview with her this morning, that she felt like Jeff was pushing for them to vote her out and to keep Spencer. And I definitely feel like as a viewer, I also felt like that seemed, Jeff did not seem super impartial during that tribal council. Right. <laughs> yeah. 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 But in on some level, though, and I know that he should be completely impartial. I mean, he's seen enough seasons to know this is the 28th time that he's seen it, that on some level, I think he kind of knows what's best for them. And, you know, do you feel like that is is he saying that because for whatever reason he wants to keep Spencer in the game? Or is he saying that to them because he thinks it would be in their best interest to keep Spencer in the game? That's a good. That's a good point. Um, I, I think that in the from my experience, I feel that in the moment of tribal council, Jeff is battling between two things. He's battling between making a great show and keeping the best characters around, and he's also battling between what's best for the tribe because he really does see himself as a type of therapist. And the earlier seasons that I played on the more gullible I was into thinking that he completely had the tribe's best interest at heart and that it was like a, you know, psychiatrist group uh, therapy session. So I think he battles between those two things. I think at heart he really is, um, <laughs> I think he really wants to be, you know, a psychiatrist, a psychologist, whatever one you want to call him. And so he does have that mentoring capability in tribal council. And he really likes uncovering truth in tribal that may be, the segment producers have not uh, told him about. He, I, you can see it on his face. That when something new comes to light that he has not heard about, uh, he really digs it. I want to go back to the f- first night of the show. Um, back in that conversation that sort of like kicked off basically this downfall of this tribe, where Garrett came back from the challenge after Jatia had blown it with the puzzle, and basically that he, he wanted to have like an open forum about, okay, the move is we are going to vote out Jatia here. And there was five people in the tribe at that point. Now, you two have been the leader of a tribe, whether it was official or, or unofficial, um, in South Pacific and also in, uh, in Token Chains. So how do you, as the leader of a group, say to, you know, try to make sure there are no conversations that are taking place, which are, hey, why don't we like uh, go and maybe we should get coach out, but at the same time, not make people mad. You know what I'm saying? Where he said, hey, this is what the decision is. And let's all sit here. And I don't want to see anybody having side conversations. How do you prevent those side conversations from happening without saying, hey, no side conversations? Well, you know, as you know, Tyson, you know, during his last season was literally like, you guys can't move, uh, you know, behind the scenes. He said, you know, you guys can't move. I'm here. You guys are not going to go out and talk in side groups. For Garrett, it was more that innocent, 
let's have a peaceful afternoon because everybody really wants that, right? I mean, what's great for television is not great for when you're playing the game. When you're playing the game, you want it to be a foregone conclusion. We all know who's going home. That person doesn't scramble. You go to tribal and you get them out watching the game. You want a million different scenarios and you want a million different things that are going to happen. And that's what makes, you know, for exciting television. So, you know, you can't, it's really hard to keep those side conversations. You know, I put myself in his shoes and Garrett's shoes when he did that. I have, I've not done something to that extreme, but on South Pacific, you know, midway through the game after the merge, you know, we had a meeting. Cochran came and pleaded his case. Um, and we had that infamous, you know, we all lined up by the tree and, you know, he pleaded his case. It, it was a cool moment, but I, you know, we had, and it wasn't just my idea, but I had the trust of the tribe at that point and, and the Alliance. So doing that, you know, early on in the game is just complete suicide. You know, you can be a leader and that puts a target on your back, but to sit there and, and, and try to overtly call the shots, if nobody has side conversations and having an open forum, you don't have the trust of anybody on the tribe. And so that makes, you know, that made them turn against him. And I, I thought it was a very foolish decision from the tribe, but he really did it to himself. That was another painful thing to watch was to watch him, you know, attempt to play a game and, and just fail miserably at it. Okay. Let's uh, go into this Braun tribe. And so there was a decision that was made by Sarah after getting some bad Intel from Tony uh, last week about with this cops are us Alliance, that there is Lindsay and Cliff Robinson are trying to take her out. So now she is going to great lengths to try to get the tribe to throw the challenge to vote out Cliff Robinson. And Stephen and I talked about this uh, extensively last night of whether this was a good idea or a bad idea to throw the challenge and sort of irregardless of whether or not the information was true. It's, it's a bad move, I think, because the information is bad. But let's just for the sake of this conversation, pretend that it was good information. Are is that a smart move to throw a challenge before the merge and get rid of somebody who could be either a cancer or somebody who is trying to get you out before the merge? Or do you need the number? Okay. Has there ever been somebody that here's a question for you and you'll know this. I actually don't know the answer. Has anybody ever gotten to the merge and won every single immunity challenge? Not six out of seven, every single one. Okay. So every individual immunity after the merge? Yes. No, nobody has done that. Okay. So I didn't think that there was, but that proves my point. You know, people try to play too hard too soon. And unless you're Russell Hance, but it did backfire on him once everybody knew his game, but it worked for him for two seasons, but very few other people is it going to work for. And also survivor karma. You never throw a challenge. You never throw a challenge. Um, because it just it just comes back to haunt you. It's not in the good interest of a game. We would not look favorably on UCLA if they threw a, a, a game against USC. It's just something that you just don't do in the sporting world. It always comes back to haunt you. And the funny thing is, is that they have two people, Cliff and his girl. They're a party of two. What are you threatened about? You worry that Cliff's going to get to the merge and win every immunity challenge? You shouldn't be worried about that. Are you worried that if you go another day out there that you're not going to be able to have the numbers and vote Cliff off? You know, they, he, it was actually a very dangerous move, not only to throw the challenge, but also we'll see in the future, you know, that will come back, I think, to haunt um, the cops or us because they sat there and said, we're going to throw a challenge 
that's somebody that's going to play the game at all costs, and that's somebody uh, that you're probably not going to trust after the merge. So I think it's going to come back to haunt them just in saying it. Watching them try to throw the challenge was, you know, really, uh, it was, again, it was unsettling. It was blackfish times two. And <laughs> to watch the brains, so, so pathetic. I mean, you've got, you know, the three, I don't even know what to, I don't even know what to call the three girls on the brains tribe, but, but the three ultimate brain pathetic. Uh, yeah, the brainettes. There you go. But they're just horrible in challenges. It was just so painful to watch. Um, and then to watch them, you know, try to throw, throw the challenge. Woo. The last swimming challenge that they had was an absolute monster. I rewound it and watched that part where they were going out through the water and watching him swim. And, you know, that guy's a, that guy's a real athlete. And I bet it was really hard for him. You could see early on he tried to, and then at the end he was just, you know, dove down that last 15 feet and messed around a little bit, held his breath for a long time, whatever, super ninja. But, I mean, it just, you never want to see that. And I think it was a bad move. I think it was a bad move, even though they didn't pull it off. Now, in all of your times playing the game, I, I don't think you ever threw a challenge, correct? No. Uh, so did anybody ever bring up the idea of throwing a challenge? Was that ever talked about in any of your seasons? Um, it was never talked about because I was delusional to think that I was in the majority alliance. But, I mean, I guess I was. I mean, all three seasons, I was in the majority of the majority alliance um, that I thought um, until I got, you know, blindsided by Russell. But I still was kind of in the majority alliance until Sandra fed him that little lie. Um, so I never really was in that position because I never wanted somebody out desperately enough because I felt like I always had the numbers. You know, that you bring up that lie that Sandra fed Russell, something that was not true, that she made up and got you voted out of the game. And it's there's some parallels there, I feel like, between what Tony is telling Sarah about Cliff Robinson. It's interesting because there's two things that happen when you uh, tell a lie out there. One is the person believes it. Or the other one, the other thing that happens is you get exposed and they go immediately to that person and say, hey, I heard you were talking about it. And they're like, what? And then it's just, you know, then you don't trust anybody. I think if they weren't both cops, because you see that happen a lot of times and nine times out of 10, it ends up blowing in their face. Um, But I think because that, you know, that blue blood is so strong between the two of them, you know, at least in her mind, not in Tony's mind, but it's so strong that it didn't backfire. But a lot of times it does. So coach, let me segue into some of the questions from the listeners of Rob has a podcast, because uh, a lot of them really have to do with uh, things that uh, happen during this episode. Okay. Uh, so let me, yeah. as we're talking about, about Tony, Ori Kohav wants to know, how would you compare Tony and Cliff to yourself and Brendan on token sheens? Would you make, is that a fair comparison or is that uh, out of bounds? <laughs> Wait, it depends on who, who's who. Who am I supposed to be, Cliff? Um, or am I supposed to be uh, Tony? I think in this scenario, I think you would be Tony, and then uh, Cliff would be would be Brendan the Dragon. Oh, Brendan. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, you know, any analogy is a safe analogy if you're witty enough to compare it. So, you know, I, I would say that Tony is much more aware of the game than I was when I first started. Um, so that's kind of a, of a, maybe an unfair uh, remark for Tony, as far as him being as big of a character as I was on that first season, 
We uh, that's yet to be seen. Uh, will he slay Cliff? I think Cliff. You know, he's he's going to be savvy. I think he's you know taking it cool. You know, not really playing much of the game, quote unquote. But what do we see? Right? We only see a little digested version of it. I think that he's aware and he knows that uh, he's got millions in the bank, and he knows that he's got to be a, a target. Anybody going out there that's a, that's a quote unquote celebrity knows that they've, they've got a target on their back. So the, the analogy is there, but it's giving too much credit to me and probably not enough credit to Cliff. I have another analogy about Tony. Amanda Miller says, uh, I know Coach isn't a fan of Russell's. I very much am, however. Does he see any Russell-like qualities in the game plan of Tony? So could you make the comparison now between Tony and Russell Hance? Definitely. You know, I think that... Uh, and I am a fan of Russell. You know, it took me a moment to get outside of the game and to realize the strength of his game and maybe not the beauty of his game, but the effectiveness of Russell's game. So I am, you know, I am a Russell fan in terms of his um, force within the game. Uh, and, and comparing the two, you know, I would say that Russell does his moves um more in a more intense way, you know, and then maybe even in a more uh, personal way. He's very much, you know, hey, this is what I'm going to do, and I'm going to do it. Maybe because that's a little part of his personality outside the game. You know, I've hung out with him uh, quite a bit outside of the game, and and I feel that he's, you know, uh, a very intense figure. I don't know about Tony, but inside the game, the thing that makes it work for him is that he's very lighthearted about it, and I like that. You know, I think that. I can only speak for myself, but to me, it appeals for his overall likability. I might be the only guy saying that, but I think to me, he's very likable because he's just like, hey, you know what? It's all good. Yeah, I swore on my badge, but it doesn't mean anything. And he says it with a smile and a shrug of his shoulders. And so I like that about him. Yeah. And I don't think you're alone. I think a lot of people think Tony has been fun so far this season. Well, good. I'm, not, I'm glad I'm not one man on the island on you're, that. Yes, you're not that far out on a limb. Um, let me take this question. Uh, this is from uh, Reese Magwick, who wants to know, Coach, if you were on this season, which tribe would you place yourself on and who would you want to align closely with? Now, a lot of people have asked, you know, Coach is a triple threat. He's a brain of beauty and brawn. But which tribe do you most closely align yourself with? <laughs> well, I don't, I'm not sure about that. I don't know who's saying that I, I'm a triple threat. A lot of people. Um, I get out of here. First of all, the question stems from, of course, um, the man who has more followers than most people that have played Survivor, uh, Rob Sessionino. I looked at your tweet count, by the way, and your followers. I was duly impressed. Just want you to know that. Um, I think you've got three times the amount that I have. Kudos to you. So, but I you probably, I probably tweet ten times more than you do. So you've done, you've gotten <laughs> further with much less. <laughs> hey, I, but I do have to say that it was a great question. I asked you. Uh, for that bone to be thrown, you threw it sufficiently. I liked it, and uh, it actually stimulated quite a bit of talk, which is great. That's what we want to do about Survivor, right? Guys like you and I that are not involved in the game, we want to still carry the torch and get people talking about us or the, the, the tribes that are out there. So it's a good question. I'm not a triple threat. I'm not good-looking. Um, you know, I have distinct features, but I wouldn't say that I am good-looking. I am okay in challenges, <laughs> I have some brains, but, you know, I really have some charm if I really want to. Um, I've got some cool real-life experience. 
Um, I think I would be on no no trial. I would be on an, on an island. Of my own, <laughs> you would start on Redemption Island. All right. Uh, what about a player that you would want to work with this season? Is there anybody that's jumping out to you? That's somebody that you would want to uh, be, think you could have a good relationship with and uh, maybe get to the end with? I will answer your original question before I answer that. Um, if you are the host of Survivor and Ooh. you will go out there and you say, Coach, you have to pick a tribe to be on, because I think that is a fair question. I would put myself on the beauty tribe. <laughs> 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 wait, wait, hear me out. Because I'm not really smart and I'm not really that strong, besides Frog March and Colby. You know, I did. I was, I was okay in challenges, but I would say beauty just because. I'd undo the ponytail on the way in. <laughs> I'd whip out the hair. And I would know, you know, see, that's my greatest strength of the game. I am aware that the cameras are rolling, right? I mean, really, that's like my strength of the game. And so I would be aware when the camera got that perfect shot swiveling around, and I would give a slow motion toss of the head, and the hair would fly out behind me. And for one split second, two people in all of America would say, I think he's kind of good looking. Anyway, um, so that's why I would say the the beauty tribe. Um, And who would I align myself with if I were on the beauty tribe? LJ, for sure. I like him. I I know that, like, the producers and the audience want him to give more. He's so stoic in his confessional. I can just see them saying, come on, man, can you say it again with a little bit more pop? You know, he's so just laissez-faire in the way that he he comes across. But he's very likable. I think he's very smart. And he's not making big moves, and he's kind of flying under the radar. So him, for sure. And then I like, you know, his comment, you know, you, you've got people that are really, really, really like uh, gorgeous. And then you've got people that are really, really, really cute. And you got to align yourselves with the ones that are cute because hopefully they haven't had absolutely everything handed to them on a silver platter on the way growing up. And they would be less likely to feel entitled and feel like you uh, owe them something and, and that you're obligated to them. So probably Alexis, uh, LJ, and... You know, uh, yeah, I think that's who I would start with. Is that why Michaela had to go? Is that why Michaela on our season had to go? Yes. Is she's hot, not okay. cute? I, I, I got to say that uh, ooh, I better leave my comments <laughs> myself just because I think that she is one of those girls that, and you see it a lot. Aaron was the same way. Aaron Lobdell on, on Token Chain. Yeah. These girls, these girls are gorgeous cover models, but they are not natural beauties on Survivor, if that makes sense. Some people are. Some people get out there and you're just like, oh, yeah, Michaela, you know, on our tribe, maybe uh, she was, but she had to go just because I had to cut off Albert's left-hand lady to become his right-hand man. Ooh, that's a good one. You can quote me on that. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good one. Um all right, so let's uh, uh, actually. I want to ask you another qu- a follow up question about LJ. I thought it was interesting last night when he fa- when they got the clue to the idol that he already found, and then I was thinking about you in Survivor South Pacific when uh, you already had the idol, uh, and then Brandon wants to go out and look for the idol and try to and try to find it. So how does how what's the best way to navigate that scenario where you have an idol and now people are in your tribe have a clue and now are going to go start looking for an idol that you already have well you know we all think that we're good liars most of us are not 
And if you watched him closely, he had this crap-eating kind of look on his face like, ooh, there's a clue. And then he innocently was like, I think he said, oh, is that a clue to the idol? It was really funny. He just kind of said it was part of the background, um, but I noticed that. And, he, and as he was doing it, he did not look very believable, although I'm sure at the moment he thought that he was believable. Um, what do you do in that situation, right? I'll tell you that what you don't do. You don't get everybody together and pray that you find it. Um, <laughs> that was not my idea, but it made it look like it was my idea. You just go the other way and say you've got to take a long walk and, and, and uh, you've got bowel problems or something when that happens. But what do you do, right? I mean, if you go to somebody and say, hey, I've got the idol, the fact that you didn't tell them that in the beginning is going to be a strike against you. If you don't say anything and people find out later, depending on how you present yourself, it could be considered good gameplay. You know, so I guess it's probably better to say nothing. All right, here's a question that I want to know. John DeBono wants to know, how do you feel, Coach, about your protégés, Cochran and Tyson, winning Survivor within a year? Now, this is actually a, a very, very good question. Now, I last talked to you, it was the day after Valentine's Day. It was Febu- February 15th, 2013, and it was the season premiere of Survivor uh, Caramoan. And now we didn't know Cochran was going to win, and we didn't know that Tyson was going to win. But here's these two guys that, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, you took both of these guys under your wing, and now here they go, back-to-back, winning the game. And so, uh, first off, how do you feel about, do you feel that any part of their wins came from learning from you, Coach? I will say this. I need to touch myself. (laughs) Whoa. I need to touch myself more Um, because obviously some part about me rubs off on everybody but myself. Now you must go back a few seasons earlier and say that Boston Rob won because even though he was not a quote unquote protege or somebody that I took under my wing, uh, when he had that spout of laying flat on his back and debating on whether or not he could continue or not, I did help pick up the pieces and give him a little coachy, to pick himself up, dust himself off, and move on. So I feel like the last three return players that have won have all been players that I played with. Did I rough off on them? Of course not. Was I probably detrimental to their game when they were out there, therefore I was hindering them when they were out there? That's probably more likely the case. And I don't think that I have roughed off anyway in terms of strategic gameplay on any survivor that's ever played. I think the answer to that question is it's not that I rubbed off on them. It's that I hindered them when they were out there. <laughs> um, how about this? I mean, you could make a case. Uh, I mean, that would you not say that you were part of Sophie getting to the final three? W- what about JT? Mm. You, maybe you helped five different people win a million dollars. Well, you can say that about anybody that played. You can say that about anybody that played. That's a good one. I'll take credit for that where where credit is not due. Uh, who were you more proud of that uh, won the game that was somebody that you – and again, Cochran was somebody who looked up to you. Coach was fam- – uh, I'm sorry, uh, Tyson was famously your assistant coach. So these are two people that you had, you know, some role – in in their development in the survivor game i i think you could say without any degree of people uh you know saying that that's not the case 
So who are you more proud of that they came back and won the game, Tyson or Cochran? That, that's a good question. You know, I, I really, I'm, I'm proud of both of them without question. Um, Cochran will be listening to this interview, so I better give him props. No, I'm just kidding. He's busy. Um, but I, I will say this. Tyson has always had the, the, the threat to win the game. There's no question about that. But when you look at Cochran, nobody is ever going to give him credit to win the game. And so he is the darkest of all horses to win the race. And therefore, I am exceptionally proud of him to go the distance and put the nail in the coffin in that final tribal. Yeah. Uh, it's, it just really is crazy that the, both of these guys th- did come back and then won the game back to back. It's why I have to stay retired. <laughs> because, I mean, it'll be expected of me to win. And, uh, you know, I don't go to any survival functions. I stay away from everybody. And they'll be like, oh, Carter's coach is an easy target. See ya! And they'll get me out first where, where they'll actually be. The viewers will be expecting me to go all the way and win. Two people have played the game four times. One of them won it, and the other one was the first person voted out. Ooh. Wow. <laughs> Could go either That's way, true, Coach. Man. Could go either way. Um, That's crazy. Thomas Forsey wants to know, uh, what came, which came first, speaking of the chicken or the egg, the dragon or the dragon slayer? <laughs> the dragon came first because that spawned the emergence of the dragon slayer. Uh, and if we remember the famous confessional where they are asking me, well, why do you want to vote out Brandon? You said you want to take the strongest to the end. And I said, well, come on, man. You know, Duke Koo Kim got killed in the in the ring against Boom Boom Mancini back in 1988 or some such year. And uh, the night before he was uh, uh, killed in the ring, he wrote on his lamp shade, Duke Koo Kim, this is. Please Google this and verify it. Um, yeah, he said, kill or be killed. And guess what? They were having none of that. They were like, no, coach, you got to come up with something better than that. And I was like, uh, uh, uh. Um, there's an ancient Japanese samurai proverb. Not really. I just made it up on the spot that says, if you want to defeat the army and win the war, you got to cut off the head of the dragon. And they said, Oh, really? Now this is more like it. If you, uh, are, you know, uh, actually successful in voting off Brandon or Brendan, you will become the dragon slayer. Thus the emergence of the slayer. So yes, the dragon came first. There you go. Okay. Uh, JJ Hannigan has a question. Uh, he says that Spencer declared in his bio that he will be the Cochrane that doesn't suck. What do you think of Spencer's gameplay so far compared to the Cochrane you saw in Survivor South Pacific? Do you think this is a favorable or unfavorable comparison? Well, um, I would like to say that to make a comment that says I'm going to be the Cochrane that doesn't suck. Okay, are you talking about in terms of likability? Cochrane has more uh, followers than any of us do on Twitter. Uh, Cochran, uh, is the only person that got his, uh, writing a TV show out of this. Cochran, uh, got more airtime than anybody else on a season, except for when he played against me. Uh, <laughs> Cochran won the game. So you really can't say that any aspect of Cochran sucks. Um, so I'll strike that from the record, Your Honor. I will say that what I think about his gameplay so far, he's the most likable person on that tribe. I feel sorry for him. And I just wish that he would have been on a different tribe or they, they would have played a different way because I think that he's got some golden one-liners if he can just crawl out from under that rock that they buried him under. George McDonald says, now that Tyson has won the game, are you looking for a new assistant coach? If so, which current survivor would fill the role? Would it be Spencer? Does he have the makings of an assistant coach? 
Spencer is too smart to be an assistant coach, so I, I, I could not have him as the assistant coach. Tony is too devious, although when I first saw him, that first episode, I thought, this guy I would like to make my assistant coach. Tyson and Cochran will forever be uh, my assistant coaches. And actually, now that they won, you know, winner, winners always try to surround themselves with people who win. And so I would have to call them co-head coaches now because I have yet to win the game. They both have. If, any, if somebody on this season had to be my assistant coach, I'm going to turn it over to you. And this interview will end immediately if you do not guess, guess this right. Oh, no. You're I want you to up? think about everybody that's out there right now. Yeah. Think about the characteristics of an assistant coach. You don't want them stealing the, the, the limelight, so they can't be necessarily um, in that moment better than you or more um, you know, likely to get more airtime than you or whatever. They can't okay. overshadow you. Um, they've got to have cool hair. And that might be a hint. Okay. And uh, they have to be, you know, willing and able to serve. Who would that be on this season? I would. My guess would be, would be Wu. Good man. Yes, exactly. He would be my next assistant <laughs> coach. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, by the way, Coach, I hear is that your is that your son uh, that's in it's the background? Okay. It's okay. It, it, it's the beauty of youth uh, that he's out here. I filled up a little uh, toy bucket of water, and he's pretending like it's a it's a um, it's a pool, swimming pool. He's, you know, he's uh, swimming in one inch of water right now, and he just yelled at somebody that's walking down the street. Did you know that there's water in here? But no, I've got a little bit more time. I've got time for a couple more questions. These interviews are always so great um, that you know I, I've got a a lot some extra time for a few extra questions. Well, I wanted just to also I didn't congratulate you that uh, you have a baby girl on the way, correct? Yes, I do. What? She is going to be born May twenty second. Oh my God! Yeah, that uh, we just we just had our first baby in September. Kim Spradlin just had a baby. Vitas had a baby. Aris is having a baby. So there's so many new Boston Boston Robin Amber have another baby on the way. So so many <laughs> so many babies coming into the Survivor world. Crazy, crazy! It, life as we know it will end September. What by the way for the birthday? September September 29th. Ah, mine is the 18th. Oh, now that you know my birthday, I expect you to write it down and. Give me a little text my next birthday. Okay. Happy 43, Coach, since I'm going to be 43 this September. Happy 43, Coach, on the 18th. No problem. Um, <laughs> okay, here's a question. Hey, Rick Later wants to know, they keep showing Jatia performing terribly in challenges. Of your three seasons, who would you say is the worst challenge competitor? Now, I had to... S- you know, I have my uh, the staffers of Rob has a podcast. They keep me up to date on everything people are saying on Twitter, uh, and they they passed this across my desk this morning that you tweeted last night. You said I'd like to see Chet versus Jatia versus Sandra on Survivor. Is that is that a season of Survivor you would really want to see? Uh, not a season that I would like to see, but I would like to see a challenge. And uh, and whoever loses becomes the most shamefaced survivor of all time. And you also tweeted, I'm not sure who the worst challenge competitors of all time are, but on Survivor Cagayan, Jatia had to be the worst. Painful to watch last night. It was so painful. I mean, I really did just struggle to watch. As we talked about in the beginning of the interview, like watching Blackfeet fish the documentary again. <laughs> um, you know, I, as far as my three seasons, who was the worst because see, I don't know. I mean, like on the last one on on uh, Redemption Island, as a as the coach, I put people in there that 
would do good in their role. So Edmund never had to lift, you know, 200 pounds. I always gave people the roles that, that were suited to them. Oh, by the way, back to Michaela. Why did I vote her off? One of the reasons why I voted her off is because the challenge before that, she said, I got a coach, I got a coach, and she just kept shooting baskets. Meanwhile, Albert, or uh, slinging the coconut swings, and Albert was like, on fire, and I was like, just let Albert do it. We'll feed him the coconuts. And she was like, oh, no, I got this, and missed 15 in a row. So she actually <laughs> sucked in challenges. But anyway, and, and Edna in challenges would do as you're told, and that's what you want out there on the playing field. Now, uh, who is the worst competitor that I've ever pu- pu- played with? Probably Colby after I broke his back in the first challenge. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, he stepped off first in every <laughs> single immunity challenge after the merge. Go ahead and research that one. It was atrocious. And then we sat there and watched it from the jury because I was not playing at that time and couldn't believe it. We were oh. all bitterly disappointed in that. You also said that uh, at Kelly Rippa uh, gave a shout out to the Dragon Slayer, the original. Did Kelly Rippa give you a shout out? Don't you see? You need to go, go right now <laughs> and look at her Twitter profile. <laughs> what was she talking about? Go look at her profile. Look at her profile. It talks about who she is, and it says, boom, boom, dragon slayer, boom. She got it from me, and she told me that in one of our phone conversations, but that is another subject for another day. Um, can I also ask about your, your tweet that you said, uh, you got to say that you're very disenchanted with The Bachelor this season. Nobody, including <laughs> the producers, followed their gut. What a waste. I'm taking a break. Are you retiring from The Bachelor, too? <laughs> oh, that's funny. Well, you know, that is actually how I came to be on Survivor, because my soccer players said, we got to get Coach married off. They submitted a, a, a my bio without me knowing it to the producers of The Bachelor. The Bachelor said, well... This guy would be ideally suited for Survivor. Send me an email, and lo and behold, out of the blue, I applied for Survivor. Um, so anyway, uh, uh, you know, we watched The Bachelor, and uh, you know, I just I couldn't believe it. You know, <laughs> I just couldn't believe it this year because when if you are a Bachelor fan, you if you're a Bachelor fan, you'll notice that. You know, he gave no good airtime on TV. You could tell by watching him. The producers didn't want to, but lo and behold, all the girls liked him in America, so let's put him as the next Bachelor. <clears throat> Wrong. <laughs> Terrible. It was a sham. I am boycotting the Bachelor here with four. <laughs> and he was a soccer player, too. Uh, I, that's why I was pulling for him in the beginning, and uh, it was just a disaster in the end. Juan Pablo was just <laughs> a disgrace of America. I mean, he still lives with his mom for crying out loud. He's looking for odd jobs right now. I spoke to him a week ago, and he was like, I, I, you know, I did this for the money, and I just, you know, I got to... Yeah. I gotta, I gotta just get out of my mom's house. I would stop you and, and ask you how you talk to Juan Pablo, but we gotta, we gotta move on because we don't have a ton of time. Uh, Michael Quigley wants to know, uh, coach, do you think you could bench more than Tony? <laughs> Sorry, verifiable. Back in the day when I was 37, I bench pressed 300 pounds. <laughs> I probably could bench press 150 right now. Uh, Tony, even on my best day, could run circles around me uh, <laughs> on the bench press. I can guarantee you that. Also, Coach, since the last time I talked to you, you also got married this summer, correct? I did. You know, we eloped originally, and then we then we got married. You know, with with an actual ceremony uh, this summer. And well, so, yes, congrats! Congratulations! It was, it was beautiful. Um, so, Corey Battelle wants to know. Uh, 
would coach play for a fourth time, perhaps on a blood versus water season with his wife? I know you're retired, but what if you and your wife came back? Is that a, would that change the equation at all? I was asked. And no dice? Um, there's two women in my life. One is my wife, one is my mom. And my mom would not go out on Survivor for one day if they said, we'll pay you a million dollars because she does not believe in the concept of the show, lying, stealing, cheating. Um, my wife would not have fun out there. Uh, we thought about it seriously. And uh, then they started changing the dates around any conflict with the wedding. So, you know, in the end, we had, we had to say no. But uh, would I contemplate doing that with them? No. <laughs> with, with either one of those ladies, definitely not. It would be a disaster, I think. Uh, Lisa LaForge Retai wants to know, which player does Coach think is the most likely to win, and who is the unforeseen player that could take the test? So can you give us, you said Cochran was a dark horse. Could you give us your pick and then also a dark horse? My pick to win, LJ. LJ, okay. The dark, the dark horse, Spencer. Spencer, okay. Uh, let's see. Let's. How about this? Is from uh, Rees Magwick. Uh, does Spencer have the qualities of a true warrior, overcoming a likely boot and now possibly a three-strong alliance going into a swap? Is Spencer a true warrior? <laughs> Uh, Spencer's a true warrior for putting up with the BS that he's put up with on his tribe. Um, but I, I, I do not think that it's going to bode well for him because those those two girls that, that he's playing with are, are two of the um, more moronic survivors that I've seen. Uh, Cass and Tasha? Yep. Uh, Albert Vargas wants to know, is the Brains tribe coachable or are they beyond your help? I can coach anybody except the dragon and Sierra and Aaron. <laughs> um, other than that, and we can just keep going. But uh, I would totally say that uh, they are beyond help. I mean, they, what they needed to have happen is to be voted out immediately. That's the only way that they're going to learn. And for somebody to vote them out and say, this is why you're being voted out, because you uh, cannibalized your tribe from within and kept worthless people around, including yourselves, while you voted off some of the better challengers. Zachary Zarnett Klein wants to know, who do you think can benefit the most from some Coach Chi at this point? (laughs) Every single person that has ever played, that is playing, or that will play Survivor. They all need a Coach Chi? I could use some Coach Chi. Everybody needs some Coach Chi. I need some Coach Chi today, actually. My son needs some Coach Chi. You, you can never have enough of that, man. It fuses mind, body, spirit. It is just phenomenal. Mark Solera wants to know, what's the difference between the Coach Chi that Coach does and the yoga that Aris does? <laughs> I make it up. <laughs> I'm sure Aris Hell, makes that, that up, too. <laughs> and the truth shall set you free. Um, I, I just go out there and just do whatever I feel that I need to do. Uh, it's, it is similar in some ways. Actually, joking aside, the, the difference between Coach Chi and everything else is that it causes you to um, use every single muscle in your body. And a lot of times, you know, those muscles that we have that we don't use and exercising every single one of those muscles and being aware of those muscles actually just increases your core strength. There's a... Uh, an article that came out in Men's Fitness 
uh, this month, and it talked about muscles that you don't know that you even have, and it gives exercises to strengthen those muscles as part of your overall core training. Been doing that for eight years. Thanks. All right, and last question from Payrick Later. He wants to know, you famously kept your alliance of six strong all the way to the end in South Pacific. Tan Dang found it disastrous not voting out anyone in Philippines pre-merge. Uh, if possible, how does the brain tribe of six say, stay strong moving forward? So this is an interesting comparison between two groups of six. Now, your group of six, was it started with nine, right? And then you whittled nine down to six, and then you were good with your six. In Survivor Philippines, they started with six. This is another group that starts with six. So how, what do they do that they have these six people? Do they need to just try to make it work out, or should they try to get rid of some people that are, might not be good fits for this group? You know, the, the key is getting your alliance early. I've said that all along and sticking with that alliance and preaching to that alliance on a daily basis that this is what it takes to get to the end. And no matter what, I wanted to vote out uh, Brandon so bad. I wanted to keep Cochran. I wanted to keep Edna. I wanted to keep those people around, but you just can't do it because then it shakes your foundation and it shakes what you've been preaching since day one. The problem with the tribe right now of six going into the merge, so to speak, is that they are not unified. There are problems within the alliance. I got my, you know, five, then I got my six, and I stayed strong uh, with those six the entire game. They don't have that right now. So, you know, you look at token teams when I when we went into the merge with a strong six. Well, guess what? We weren't unified, even though we had the numbers. We weren't unified, and a group of six is a lot easier to pull apart than a group of three. Now, Coach, well, I have to say, I think fatherhood suits you because uh, you were so much fun today. Uh, this was a, a great thrill for me that I felt like you were in rare form and uh, great stuff. I'm going to actually send you a few photos. Oh, good. Okay, I'm going to send you a few photos. And um, I, I would like to say that it was too long <laughs> that we have had between these two stints. And I I just say thank you so much for including me. And I tried to be a little bit snarky for you today. Although I, I, I got to say that the snarkiness has pretty much left. I've mellowed out so much. I'm just like a sweet little kitten nowadays. But I brought the snarkiness back for you. I hope you enjoyed it. All right, follow Coach on Twitter. He's at the underscore real underscore coach. You can hear him talk about Kelly Ripa and The Bachelor and uh, all of the people who are bad at challenges and all that good stuff. Okay? Well, Coach, thank thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And then uh, congratulations on on the baby girl and uh, hope everything is, uh, is, is going great. Thank you very, very much, and uh, I will keep you posted, okay? All right. Thanks a lot, Coach. Talk to you soon. Okay. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. All right, everybody. There you have it. That was Coach here back on Rob Has a Podcast, and now we have another guest who's here in the studio with me. You know him from his blogs on robhasawebsite.com, plus you've heard him many times on post-show recaps uh, working with me covering Walking Dead 24 and a bunch of other stuff. Here he is. It's Josh Wiggler. Josh, how are you? I'm good, Rob. Hello. 
I'm yes. in uh, Castle Sesternino. This is crazy. Third podcast in a row that we have a somebody here live in the studio with me. We had Otis in the season premiere, and then Nicole was here. And now here's now here's Josh Wiggler donning the headset. We're very worried about you, Rob. Just you know, being up here on your own. You need you need regular check-ins. I think this good. is good. It's good to have people around. How's the temperature so far? Uh, temperature's all right. It's cool. We'll we'll chart the progress. So yeah. far, uh, so far, so good. Right now, and I'm in long and long, and everything's okay. What I've done now is, and people are like, "What's well, Rob? Do not have air conditioning?" Well, yeah. first off, it's you know, it's it's March 13th. I shouldn't have to put the air conditioning no. on, but uh, it does get very hot up here. But we're not. This isn't. This is audio only, so we don't have the lights on. Okay. And what I've done is, I have I have taped up all of the vent, the rest of the vents in the first floor of the house. All so right. now, basically, the air conditioning is on and only coming out in this room. You're just hogging all the AC. <laughs> yes, yes. Very greedy of you. Well, look, we got po- we have guests here. We are trying to do a podcast. I don't want to. I don't want to sway you out. You're not used to the hot yoga like Otis is. No, that's true. Yeah. All right. So we are going to talk about a number of things. We are going to uh, talk with Josh for a little bit, and then we're also going to check in with your voicemails. Lots of good callers today. We're going to talk about what's happening on uh, social media. We're going to do a. We're going to attempt something we've never attempted before on Rob has a podcast, and so lots of good stuff coming up here uh, in the next hour or so. I also want to tell you guys about that we have a new partner here for headphones on Rob has a podcast now. Josh, do you listen to a lot of other podcasts besides Rob as a podcast? I actually only listen to the podcasts that I'm on. I just like to hear myself <laughs> so you, talk. Yes. So I listen to mine on, on post-show recaps. But do you listen bit. to other podcasts? Yeah, sure. Of course. Yeah. Uh, we all do. I think we listen to the podcasts, audiobooks, all that stuff. You need a lot of headphones. Yes. Yes. And so I'm going through, you know, earbuds like they're Pez. Oh, God. I'm in the need for new earbuds right now, actually. Oh, I'll, gi- I'll give you some because okay. I, have, I have a bunch of samples here from our friends at uh, Tweaked Audio. Uh, which are our headphones partner. They are a site. They they produce high-quality earbuds. I've been talking about them this week, and they have a great offer for the listeners of Rob as a Podcast. They're going to ship you free, uh, not not free. They'll they'll ship for free after you buy ear earbuds, uh, and they're going to give the listeners of Rob as a Podcast 33% off. Oh, wow. So it's a good deal. That's a great deal. Use the promo code RHAP and go to either tweakedaudio.com or robhasawebsite.com slash headphones. 33% off. Where are you getting that? That's great. That's Nowhere. Good, this, a, is, this is the only place. That's a good deal. Uh, so, and I will, Josh, I will give you a pair of uh, the tweaked audio earbuds. It was worth flying out to Los Angeles for these there headphones alone. I'm very Otis didn't get a parting gift. Listen, I'm not trying to say I'm better than Aris. Yeah. Because I'm not. <laughs> All right. So it's not what I was trying to say. So let's jump into uh, talking about some things from the episode. Now, you brought something up interesting right before we started recording. And you were talking about a idea that which you were calling intentionally Matt singing. Yes. Um, it was something I'd been wondering about, uh, mostly uh, in the premiere, um, you know, kind of killing two people that are you know, stronger players, you know, keeping Jatia in favor of Garrett seems crazy on the surface. But is there something to be said for the three-tribe format? It's 18 players total, six players apiece. Uh, Is there something to be said for wanting to winnow your tribe down to a two-person squad that can infiltrate the other more successful squads and kind of position yourself to get into a Malcolm-Denise spot? Is that something that's that that they were trying to do. I, I was kind of wondering if that was sort of Cass's plan. I don't know. I mean, it, yeah, it worked for Malcolm and Denise, 
but to do that intentionally, I feel like it's such a long shot. I mean, I kind of feel like if you played out Survivor Philippines, you know, a hundred times, yeah, how many times with would Malcolm and Denise just get picked off rather than and with that those particular tribes? And yes, Tan Dang had their issues. So I wonder if you put it like in a vacuum, right? Like play out the Survivor Philippines and just put. Other like forget all the issues that were going on with Calabaw and and Tandang. So Malcolm and Denise are going. They split them up and put one on each tribe, one on the other tribe. How right. many times out of a hundred would those players both end up making the merge? Well, I think that you know we've at least you've talked about it on the podcast before about how you know you want to go to tribal council before the merge. You don't necessarily want to go with your full tribe intact. There's a lot of pent up animosity. There's a lot of uh, you know. People want to play the game. Uh, people want to cast their votes. People want to strategize. Uh, so you've, you've got two tribes who make it that far, uh, fairly intact squads, um, and they are ready to cannibalize each other. And if you're just, say, Cass and Tasha, do you fly under the radar for a little bit and stand a better chance of making the merge that way? I don't know. I, so you're saying to try to throw ch- all the challenges early on? Not necessarily to throw them. Well, I, you could make the argument that keeping Jatia over Garrett is a form of throwing challenges. Um, I, f- I feel like that might have been on their mind. Uh, it might have behooved them to be, you know, the last two remaining brains in a sea of beauty and brawn. Well, here's where it comes down to being relevant towards this episode. I think you should not ever start that way. Yeah. But I, let's say hypothetically, you've lost the first three challenges, and right. you're Malcolm and Denise, and you have Russell Swan with you, and you're like, look, Russell Swan is not with us. Right. I think at that point, you're probably better off going to Tribal Council again and losing the third person who is with you who is the is the problem person whereas like if Tasha and Cass felt like Spencer really was against them and really not working with them i think they kind of feel like boy Spencer could go either way i th- we think he's with us but we're not sure i feel like Malcolm and Denise weren't like Russell Swan is he with us or not they kind of felt like it's not working with Russell Swan right this episode was another reason why uh it came up in my mind uh this this idea of intentionally Matt singing because i feel like they made the wrong call. I mean, I'm glad they kept Spencer because I want to see Spencer around and Jatia, you know, did not deserve to be there. Sorry if you're listening, Jatia. Uh, you know, I think that Spencer is the stronger player pretty much without argument. Um, but they're getting to that point where four people are knocked down. Some sort of shakeup is very likely to happen. Um, do you want to keep the person who is going to be a threat who has shown no real commitment to loyalty other than you know what he said or do you want to do you want someone like Jatia who for all of her other faults is going to be loyal to you and then let's say you don't switch up let's say the tribes remain what they are then you probably lose again and then you clip Jatia and then you're down to two I feel like that might be the better scenario I mean this is the debate here and a lot of people feel the same way that you that you feel uh I talked to Steven last night and he was sort of on the same side as I am that you should keep Spencer around. Coach was the same way. Um, it's not the Warriors' way. It's not the Warriors' way. Yeah. The thing is, if you're Tasha or Cass, if you keep, like, are you ever going to have the numbers? You know, I don't think so. Now, if you go to a group and let's say Tasha and Jatia are together, who is that other tribe? Like, let's say for whatever reason, it ends up where now the it's the beauty tribe plus 
Tasha and Jatia. Now maybe there's a th- there's a a coup where it's like okay, girl power. Let's see the you know the five girls now right. are going to take over on the beauty tribe. But let's say the beauty tribe as currently constituted, if it's Tasha and Jatia together, are they going to vote out Morgan and keep Tasha and Jatia together, or are they probably going to vote out somebody? From the pair, I think that they're going to vote out Morgan. I think that they're itching to vote out Morgan. I think if they if they had their way, uh, Morgan would be out of there by now. It's interesting. It, it really is. There's no right or wrong answer. And even if even if we see how it plays out, unless what happens next week is they Cass uh, and Tasha and Spencer end up end up all on the same group, okay, and. And Spencer completely sells out one of those two people. Right. Then we'll say, okay, they made the wrong decision. Right. That's what I see happening. I just don't. I don't see. Listen, I called him Joffrey before the season began, and I, I'm backpedaling a little bit because I actually like Spencer quite a bit. But I still see that kind of there's there's a cutthroat edge to this guy. He wants to play the game and he wants to make blindsides. But why happen. are you so convinced? Let's say hypothetically we have two tribes next week, two tribes of seven. And Tasha and Spencer are in a group together. Okay. Why do you feel so much that Spencer definitely wouldn't work with Tasha or Cass in the new group of seven? I'm not saying that he wouldn't necessarily. I think it's certainly even likely that he would work with them if it, if it was in his interest. Um, I think that it might not be in his interest. And if it's not in his interest, he's not going to play with them. Whereas I think if they had kept Jatia around, she was a number for whoever she was with. If she was with Tosh, if she was with Cass... Uh, she would have gone with either one of them, definitely. You know, no, no question about it. Whereas Spencer, I think, is a little bit more prepared to play ball. And that's a risk. Yeah, it's going to be really, really fun to see how this is going to shake out. Where I kind of felt like in Survivor Philippines, you, you know, that was a really fun season after the merge. Yeah. Um, but the episodes right before the merge i think episodes five and six it was basically okay here's calabaw exactly as constituted plus denise and then here's tandang plus malcolm and basically you know you you, it didn't really things didn't get it was just business as usual with those two also you know dana pulled herself from the game so there was a little bit of you know cutting out the drama that way yeah Um, but if this is going to be as we expect a complete different switch up you know, you could have a tribe of seven where it's like, okay, here's two beauty, three brawn, and two brains on right. one in one tribe, and that's going to be really interesting to see how that dynamic is going to pan out. So you think that's how they're going to do it? Is it's going to be everybody drop your buffs, reach in, get a new buff? From the preview, I believe Jeff said drop your buffs. Okay, so it wasn't like a ch- in Survivor All Stars. What they did was, hey, we're going to have a challenge, and whoever loses the challenge is going to be absorbed. Right, yeah. So, and then there was basically a draft, and. I believe also in the in the in the draft uh, they so they went uh, back and forth. And I think they went. Ethan went was the first pick in the draft. Yeah, and then Mogo Mogo had won had won that, and then I think uh, was it Rupert or General whatever who yeah, cares. Yeah. So that was how they did it on the All Stars. Then uh, in the Philippines, it was, it was basically just, just reach into the bag. Yeah, it was basically. I don't even think they had a challenge. I think yeah. it was just like okay, Malcolm and Denise, your each, tribe is yeah, gone. You're each yeah. going to one other yeah. team. And then we'll see how they do it. I am interested to see two new tribes of seven. Yeah. yeah. Is that how they did it on Survivor Exile Island? Is that how they, w- w- is that too far back uh, to remember? No, no. I love that season. Um, it was. They, had, they started with four tribes of four. They started with four. four um, and then who was, who was first? Was Tina was out first? And then did they immediately split into two tribes right away? I think that it was only four for a very short period of time. 
Yeah, I, I want to say it was two episodes. It may have been two episodes, but no more than that. Okay, well, whatever. So yeah. I think it's going to be interesting to see how this is all going to uh, play out. Yeah. Something else that you wanted to talk about was that your wife had some answers about the chickens. Yes. Now, you're not married to LJ, right? I'm not married to LJ, but my wife is from Boston. Uh, she, uh, she grew up with lots of chickens uh, on, her, on, her, uh, on her property. Not um, Steve Chicken Morris? Not Chicken Morris. Uh, not Chicken George? Not Chicken George. Uh, actual chickens, regular chickens, the kind of chickens you'd uh, win in a reward challenge on Survivor, uh, hypothetically. Um, when she was a kid, when she was, I think, uh, three or four, she begged her parents for chickens. Her parents, like any reasonable parent, said, no, no way, we're not doing that, that's ridiculous. Uh, ask us again when you're nine. Uh, and so she shut up about it. And when she was nine, she said, where are my chickens? So she got a bunch of chickens. And over the course of... Uh, now, and she she was from, lived on a farm? No, she didn't. That's always that's always the misconception. She lived on a house. You know, not a, not a ton of land, but a, a decent amount. Okay. Uh, and over the course of 10 years, had about uh, 100 plus chickens. So she knows chickens. She was the president now, of 4-H. Did she eat the chickens? Or no. Or she just liked no. having the chickens? She showed them, uh, she, she showed them at shows. And she liked having chickens. Chicken shows? What happens and at a chicken to, show? And to complicate matters, uh, she's allergic to eggs. So she couldn't even eat the eggs. Boy. Yeah, it's no good. And so... now is She just liked chickens. They're her friends. Now, is your wife a staunch anti-chicken eating? No, she loves chicken. She loves chicken. Yeah, she's just not going to eat her own chickens. Because Shambo loved the chickens, didn't want to see the chickens That's hurt. Right. Now, help me remember something. Shambo's season. Shambo was a friend of the chicken, right? Or did she kill chickens? No, she uh, she wanted to you know protect the chickens. I believe. Right. Emily doesn't watch Survivor because she doesn't like when the chickens die, oh. and that happens almost every season. And the one that she always cites is when Shambo killed the chickens. No, and Shambo- I don't think she gets it right. I think Shambo uh, accidentally let let out one of the chickens. Right. I think that happened. Yeah. But she blames Shambo for, for not watching Survivor. No, so she, I think that she's getting it wrong. She should blame. No, don't blame Shambo. Okay. All right. I'll, I'll take that back yeah. there. Anyway, so she, I asked her the questions. I asked her um, what, what the beauty tribe was asking about chickens. How are chickens born? Does a rooster have to get it on with the hen? Are they like asexual? What makes them make eggs? Uh, and Emily gave me some answers. Uh, and she said, Eggs are laid once a day for every hen from the age of approximately five to six months and onward without the need of a rooster. It's a natural part of a hen's life. This also explains why there are no roosters in sight when it comes to the egg-laying industry. Think about it. The hens in those cages barely have enough space for themselves, let alone a mate. There you go. That's how how eggs are produced. From what I understand, and I don't know if this is very interesting or not very interesting. I have no idea. Um, the ro- having the rooster around, though, I think, does that make them lay more eggs? Um, like it's like a pheromone thing. I don't know. What what does she say? I think she they could uh, the rooster. She says the rooster will protect a flock from predators, and his mating rituals have no effect on the quality of eggs for eating as long as you collect them daily. So I don't think that really answers your question. I don't know. I wish we had her on the podcast. <laughs> okay, we should we'll, call her in. We'll do a chicken cast. Yeah. at some point. Yeah. All right. So l- you ready to jump into some voicemails? Of course, here? absolutely. Okay. So of course, our voicemails come to us every week. You guys are so so good about leaving them. At robhasawebsite.com slash voicemail. That's our uh, high quality. You can use the microphone on your computer. Uh, they sound really good at robhasawebsite.com slash voicemail. Or you could use your phone uh, at 323 282 
R-H-A-P. And I have to be uh, very careful when I say that because the actual the number for the voicemail is actually uh, similar to my phone number. And I always have to make sure, especially when I'm doing you a live show. You want to give that out. Yeah. Like, I'm like, oh, wait, did I just give out my phone number? No, because I, I did not. You don't want to give that out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That, would, that would be bad. It's yeah. crossing the streams. You don't want right. to do that. So let's get into some uh, voicemails. And let's talk about, let's uh, jump right in. I got to op- open up uh, this window. Anything else from the episode that uh, struck your fancy that we haven't talked about? No. I, uh, I'm, I'm really enjoying this season because I have no idea what's going on. And I have no idea what's going to happen. And oh, yeah. It really feels that way for the first time in a while. Now, you play in a Survivor Fantasy League uh, with your friends. Not the I one do. that we set up through Fantasizer, but no. you and your friends have a, a uh, an ongoing Survivor League? Right, yes. Last year, uh, last season, I wrote about this uh, in my Wiggle Room column. Uh, these guys that, I, that I've uh, known forever, I went to summer camp with. We were in New Orleans last year, and we did a draft for Blood versus Water, and that was, I think, the third time we, we had drafted. Um, and every season... I've emerged victorious. I'm I'm on a hot streak. I've gotten it right all three times. I don't think it's going to be that way this season. Um, it was a bad draft. It was a bad draft for me. Who's on your team? Um, I think I have Cass, Tony, Cliff, um, Morgan, and Jeremiah. I don't think I have the yeah, winner. I don't know. I don't think I don't I've know. got the winner. I don't know about that. I don't. I don't. I don't really like that team at all. all right. Um. But I don't know. I, I really, I look at this cast and, I don't know, usually I feel like I can look at a cast and see, like, six to eight people who could win the game. I, maybe, like, one or two. Am I so fixated on Sarah, but she's been really bad these she's past few bad. weeks? She's been bad. So I have no idea. I'm really thrown off this season. I kind of love it, to be honest. Okay. Uh, let's jump into some voicemails. We'll talk about all of the players involved. Uh, let's start it off with Will. Uh, and he has a question about Spencer. Here's Will. Hey, Rob. It's Will from Toronto here. And I had a quick question about Spencer. Do you think that he has a good chance of, of returning for a second time? And if he had been voted out tonight, do you think his odds of coming back would have increased or decreased? Loving the show. Thanks. Bye. All right, so first off, let, let's just answer the second part because I think we did that fast. If Spencer got voted off last night, what do you think the prospects of his return would be? I think, I think pretty low. Yeah. Um, I mean, certainly not. There, there's certainly precedent, you know, with Francesca coming back uh, after being the first one voted off. You know, pre-merge people, you know, Monica Culpepper. Yeah. It's happened before. Um, but I think generally... Survivor casting doesn't want to date somebody who doesn't make the merge. That's, you know, I, I think that that well is. Said. I think that's typically the rule. Yeah. All right. Plus, so, on top of that, you know, there's so many male contestants that could be brought back. I feel like that is. There's no shortage of male players to bring back, and I think that the question tends to be which female players will come back. I think Spencer doesn't quite make the cut. Doesn't make the cut. Okay. As if he was in the bizarro universe where he gets voted off last night. If it was right now, I mean, there's still plenty of season left for him to do something crazy. All right. So if you're hankering for a Spencer return to the game, okay, if you want to see Spencer come back, what is the line in the sand that he, the minimum that he needs to get to? I think that he has to make the merge. Yeah. I don't think he has to make the jury. I think if he makes the merge and goes out in some kind of, you know, Boston Rob Marquesas spot, uh, you know, some sort of epic showdown, I think maybe he stands a chance. He probably wants to make at least jury. Yeah. I feel like to this point, like we have not seen enough no. here. He's been he's been good. No, the, the potential is there. Absolutely. But at the, at this point, we have to get and I think yeah, I think that the 
first person on the jury, I think, is the minimum. I think that's, that's the be- that's the benchmark. That's probably it. That's where we need to get to. I'm just trying to think of. I mean, for the most part, traditionally, I feel like seventh, eighth place tends to be the um, worst case scenario yeah. for people who get brought back. Yeah, I think that he just, um, you know, if he were to be cut off last night, uh, if he's unfortunate enough to get cut off after this, you know, mix up that's coming up, um, I think it will be very sad. I will be bummed because I think that this is a guy who really wants to play Survivor, uh, has been thinking about it for a long time, obviously as a listener of the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're rooting for him for, for that reason. But if he were to get cut, you know, in the next week or two, I think it's, it's you know, yeah, tough cookies. Okay. Yeah. Plenty of podcasts in his future, but oh, yeah. maybe not a return visit to Survivor. Sure. All right. So let's take, let's go to Michelle. And uh, she has a question about the decision making at Tribal. Here's Michelle. Hey, Rob. It's Michelle from Long Island. I was curious your thoughts on Cast and Tasha going into Tribal Council, still unsure on who they were going to vote for. Is this a bad idea? Doesn't their wavering during tribal council show that they were willing to discard either player and whoever was to actually remain would be on the outs? Wouldn't this cause more distrust with the player who actually remained after the vote? Love to hear your thoughts. Bye. All right. This is a good question. Yeah. This is sort of like, and not that I know from this, but you know, you're sort of dating two women right? and it's like, Oh, I got to decide which one. And then even the one you pick is sort of like, well, you really had to think about it. Didn't right. you? There's a, there's a classic boy meets world episode about this where Corey has been uh, dating uh, his ski instructor or yeah, he's been flirting with his ski instructor and he's been dating Topanga and Topanga says, go and figure it out. He breaks it off with the ski instructor. He goes back to Topanga and says, I choose you. The ski instructor is no good. And Topanga says, we're done. You shouldn't have had to even think about it. Yeah. Sometimes you think you have two options and you're like, hey, I got to play this out. Uh, what are you we really got go? no options. You know, oh, I'm going to get the leverage. Okay, what, what, what's the deal you're offering yeah. me? Okay, what, what's your deal you're offering me? And, and you could end up with both people saying, you know, screw you guys. Yeah, it's a, it's a tightrope. It's a dangerous game. Yeah. And likewise on Survivor. I think that, that I think that's an interesting point. I've actually I'm I'm really kind of uh I don't know, surprised at how much of the game has been played at tribal uh recently. You know, this season already and last season of course with, you know, the Hayden Rock votes, you know, it happened a few times mm-hmm. where the game is really happening at tribal and people are being uh swayed yeah. from their original plan. Um, I don't know. Have you been noticing that? What, what, what's your take on that? You know, I haven't thought about it as a trend, yeah. but you're absolutely right. It has been happening. And, you know, we talked about it earlier with Coach, where Coach had said, I had asked him, has there ever been a situation where you thought about changing your vote at Tribal Council or you didn't know what you were going to do at Tribal Council? And he said that the one time that he thought about it was in Survivor Heroes versus Villains with when he ended up casting a non-vote, which ended up sending Boston Rob right. home. But he said, maybe, you know, I wish I would have had the guts to force a tie. Yeah. And I think that's a thing now. Yeah. And I think that, look, tw- the people who played Survivor 28 didn't see what happened on Survivor 27. But I think that in the future, I think more people will be saying, you know what, I don't know if this is going to work out or not. I may get the bad rock, but I think that the one in six ch- chance or whatever, I think that's better. If it were, goes in my favor, it's better for me than to end up potentially doing what I'm going to do here tonight. Yeah, I think uh, who knows how long it'll take, but I think that the gulf of you know season four to season 27 of that much time passing without a tie it's not going to be that long until the next tie yeah now 
what do you think about this? And now I know that you know Jatia did not seem like somebody that Spencer could potentially work with. Yeah. But let's say hypothetically that Jatia was somebody who Spencer felt a little bit better about. Could Spencer? What if Spencer had just said to Jatia, "Hey, they're going to vote for me. Uh, they're going to vote for you. There's a fifty-fifty chance. You know, both of us are going to go out. Would we improve our odds to vote together? Okay, force a two-two tie and you know, not so. Not only do you, okay. So let's say your your odds are fifty fifty. It's me or it's you. Right. I have a fifty percent chance to go home tonight. All things being equal. Already. So what if you and I vote together? Okay, and we're going to force our vote for uh for cat for Cass and Tasha and and one hundred percent. You got to call it Cass. Okay. You got to trust me. Okay. So now let's instead. So of, we're voting for Cass. You and I have you. teamed up. It's me and you now. Okay. So and now we're gonna vote. We're we're both going to vote for Cass now. Right. Now we come to Tasha and say, look, hey, Tasha, guess what? Josh and I, we are voting for Tasha or or for Cass tonight. You can't change our mind. Right. Vote with us or now you're going to, no, no. Or (laughs) you're going to be picking a rock. Right. Okay. Right. Or you're going to be picking a rock. So whoever you guys are going to vote for, one of us will be immune. Okay. Right. And so now one of us will still have a 50-50 chance of picking the rock, but- the odds are better that some, Tasha might flip. Right, and you've made your play to to get her to. I, I like that. That's interesting. It's interesting. I think feel like your odds are a little bit better than just complete. It's it's more of a. It's less of the passive. Okay, I'll let you guys decide. Right. It's really you got to. Now she's probably gonna say, "Well, you know what? Screw you guys. Right. Now we're voting for you, and I will pick the rock. Right. So I guess you you'd probably vote for the person who was less likely to. To get pissed off. That's interesting. I feel like that's the kind of thing that we could see coming up now that uh, people have seen Blood versus Water the next time they play Survivor. I, th- I really feel like that rock draw really changes things up. I think people are going to be bolder about stuff. Yeah. Um, that would have been really crazy to see last night. Would have been interesting. And, yeah. I, and I do feel like, you know, as the game continues to evolve, I feel like people are going to be less inclined to say, well, at least I'm still in the game. Yeah. But you're still in the game, but you have, you know, a 1% chance to win now as opposed to had the, you know, going for it, you would have a, you know, 45% chance to win the game. Yeah. Well, before we leave the question, I, I do want to talk about... Um, did we answer the question? I don't know. <laughs> what was the question? Well, I want. I want. Oh, to- okay. No, no. Yeah. No. It's bad. It's bad to change your vote at, try, at not to be undecided because Spencer could is, could is going to come away from this and like you know they really had to think about exactly it. Like, like Topanga exactly. So if that's going to happen, equals Topanga. That's another reason why I think you quip Spencer because he's you know sharp enough to realize that. And I don't think Jatia is really paying that close of attention. Well, Jatia is the hothead. She's the hothead. It's true. <laughs> But either way, whatever it was. Um, it's not good. It's not a good thing to do. And going forward, you know, I think that this has happened a little bit, you know, this kind of indecisiveness at, uh, at Tribal with, with the Brains Tribe. Tasha and Cass can't act this way at future Tribal Councils. Yeah. Tasha and Cass. This is the last time they can get away with acting that way. Right. Was there one piece of information that was new information that could have changed their mind? No, no. they weren't even so, listening. So, yeah, they weren't even listening. So before Tribal Council, before you get on the boat, before you do anything, make up your mind yeah. and be firm in your decision. Yeah. And, and I think that would be better than what they did. Absolutely. It was sort of like the, you know... A sharp guillotine just cutting somebody's head off versus sort of like, you know, a butter knife. Uh, 
don't well, you know. also you get the sense that that's not on Cass. That seems to be on Tasha because you get Cass's great confessional. I really loved this confessional where she says, "I don't mind who I'm the hatchet man for. Am I the hatchet man for for Spencer or for Jatia? Just make a decision. I'll live with it." Tasha is indecisive. She's indecisive. Okay, I think have... Cass is the stronger player. Cass is more decisive at the yeah. very least. Whether she's making the right decision or right. wrong decision, she's more. She can live with it. Yeah, Tosh is more like, ah, yeah. am I, am I, what am I doing? Yeah. Am I doing this? Am I doing that? I think overthinking it a little. Overthinking it happens to me all the time yeah. in uh, fantasy football. There you go. Okay, here let's go to Anthony, who has a question about uh, the precedence of a tri- a the down tribe in a three tribe scenario. Hey, Rob, Anthony Calistro here. In Survivor seasons past, both times that they started out with three tribes of six, the tribes that were decimated at the start ended up having two people in the final four. In the All-Stars, you had Jenna Lewis and Rupert from Saboga, and then in the Philippines, you had Malcolm and Denise from Matt Singh. Do you think the Braves tribe are capable of continuing this tradition now that we know there's going to be a tribe switch-up next week? Would love to hear your thoughts. Love the show. Thanks. All right, so Josh, right now, yeah. Will two of these three people be in the final four? Um, it depends on how uh, how much internal frustration exists in Beauty and Bronze, uh, and how you know things obviously shake out uh, with the switch up. Um, if these people are really eager to pick each other off, uh, then yeah, I think they could squeak by to the merge. And if they squeak by to the merge, they could. They could cause some problems. It's certainly possible. It's not off the table. Yes or no? Two people from this Brains Tribe in the final four? No. I say no as well. I'm going to go no. Will one person from, the, from this Brains Tribe be in the final four? No. I will say yes. Okay. Who do you think? Well, I feel like Spencer has the best shot. I, I'd rank it Spencer, Tasha, Cass. Okay. I think I would go with Cass, Tasha, Spencer. Cass, if, 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 Tasha, Spencer. So if you have one word to squeak exact in, I would, I would put Cass, largely because she's on my fantasy team and I want <laughs> her to do well. Uh, but also because I think that she, um, she's, she plays an unemotional game. She seems flexible. Uh, I think that she will be more eager to go against Tasha than Tasha will against Cass. Uh, and I think that she'll be viewed as less of a threat than Spencer. So if one of them is going to float by, I think Cass has the best shot. Let's take a question from Mar, uh, who, who is in Australia. She wants to talk about the tribe swap. Here's Mar. Hi, Rob. It's Mar from Melbourne. Um, I'm just wondering, do you think there's any possibility that the tribe numbers might remain the same after the switch, like they did in more cases? I think this might create a more interesting dynamic than two tribes of seven. Especially because there's the potential for a tribe of three with one brawn, one brain, and one beauty. Let me know what you think. Okay, so what Mar is asking is, okay, right now we have a tribe of five, a tribe of six, and a tribe of three. Right. Do you think that after the tribe swap, we could potentially see tribe of five, six, and three in a different configuration? And if, even if not, do you like it when they do that? Uh, so to keep the three tribe format, yes. and just to shake up the members. Yes. No, I think that the purpose of doing this is to get more characters together. You know, I think that they want they want those stories to progress in that direction. Yeah, this isn't The Walking Dead. Okay. No, yeah, we're. <laughs> we don't want to have one episode where we just see Spencer not, and Cass, yeah. and then the next week we only see the Beauty Tribe. They're not blowing up the prison and sending everybody off into the wilderness. They're going right. to try and keep people together. Um, 
So no, I I think that we'll we'll definitely be seeing two tribes. You don't want to have seven tribes of two people. No, <laughs> I, I really don't want that. That sounds horrible. So no, unless Daryl's on one of the tribes, then yeah. No, I I don't like this. Um, to, to do it that way. And even in Marquesas, I felt like it wasn't fair that you had basically then after the tribe swap on Marquesas, you had, so you had Mara Amu and Boston Rob, and right. they were totally blowing it. Right. And the Rotu tribe was doing awesome, doing and they it. had eight. And now all of a sudden, here's Kathy and Nalia and Pappy. Yeah. They, they go to the other tribe, and all of a sudden they're in a numbers disadvantage. And it's like, hey, I won every challenge. Why am I being penalized with this group? Well, yeah, I mean, within Why their am I tribe, down were... in the numbers when yeah. I won every challenge so right. far? Yeah, it's it's frustrating. I can't imagine playing the game that that would be really frustrating. Um, as a viewer, it's not that wasn't the worst case scenario. It, it ended up producing some really fun stuff. I think. Yeah, um, but, just, but for the game, I don't think it's terribly fair. I don't think it's fair for the players. Yeah, I agree. and so yeah, I think just go seven and seven. Let's let's shake it up. Yeah, I think so too. Shake up the snow globe. Give everybody the same amount of players to play with, and I think that do you feel like this is the, the right time. Do you feel like yeah. you wish we had more time with no. the brains, beauty, and brawn? No, God, no. <laughs> I really don't. Uh, yeah, so you sound like you didn't like this. Um, I don't know. I I love the three tribe format. Uh, I I love watching Three Tribes Survivor. I think it's very interesting. Uh, I I think it, uh, for whatever reason, I feel like I get to know the players better. Uh, I think that there's, uh, you know, the, the the game really has to focus on on more people uh, as a result of the format. Uh, I don't think that the brains, beauty, brawn uh, divisions really made any sense in the end. Uh, the brains tribe is maybe the dumbest tribe that Survivor's ever seen. Uh, so that, that for me, yeah, I, it, it failed on, on that level for me. Okay. I have some questions about Jatia as a challenge competitor. Okay. Right. So let me, let me play this one. And then I'm going to play another one right All after right, that. Okay. So here, this is, um, I'm going to start off here. This is with Josh from Orange County. Different Josh. Different Josh. Hey Rob, Josh from New York. Oh, quick oh, question. It is me. Jatia, between the blowing seven different challenges, the spilling of the rice, the lack of strategy, except for I'm loyal, lack of social game, is Jatia the worst survivor of all time? If you were to technically put a score on people predicated on, you know, a million different variables, would she, I think she would receive the lowest score of all time. Or is potentially she just the worst survivor to ever make it four votes into a season? Thanks. Okay, and then on a similar note, this is going to a follow-up question. Here is Jordan Parhar. Coming to you live from my shower, it's Jordan Parhar. Rob and Josh, I have a question for you. Last night's challenge performance during the reward challenge from Jatia was arguably one of the worst in Survivor history. It was pathetic. I mean, let's admit it. I'm curious to hear who you guys think are the worst challenge competitors in Survivor history. Now, I know you guys like to do fantasy drafts, so maybe if you wanted to do a draft, maybe five people each, of who the worst ones are, I would love to hear your thoughts. Thanks. Okay. All right. So... The challenge is on. All right. So first off, is Jatia the... Now, you what, did a podcast about this. No, I did. I a talked segment. about. I, I did a segment about this. I talked about who is the worst Survivor player of all time, and I had landed on Wendy Joe from Nicaragua, and right. then I, I have gotten from some of the other people from that season say actually Wendy Joe was in the army. She's actually really good. Right. So even the worst Survivor is actually good. Yeah. So Wendy Joe may not be the worst. Okay. I may have to go back and, and take a look at the uh, the numbers, but is. 
What do you think? Well, well, is Jatia in the conversation? I think she's at uh, least in the conversation. The worst, the worst Survivor player yeah. ever. Um, and to answer Jordan's question, so is she the number one pick in the worst challenge performer draft? She's high up there. Um, Should we do the worst challenge performer draft? I I'd have to really think about it. Um, oh man, but I don't want to choose anyone bad. I don't want anyone bad on my team. I want good challenge performers. But you're trying to do the worst All challenge right. people. Okay. You want to give it a shot? I get off the off the, again, this is off the top of our heads. Yeah. Worst challenge worst challenge performers of all time. All right, you go you go I'll give you the first pick. I think I would take Jatia. Okay. She was really, really bad in all of the challenges she participated in. And forget the reward challenge, the immunity last night. She couldn't rebound. This is a great You gotta po- rebound. This is a great point that I've seen also. Um, and I, I, be- I believe I want to say I'm, I'm uh, I saw this on previously on Survivor uh, this morning. Yeah. Um, Jatia was bad in the challenges, but typically somebody who's very bad in the challenges gets voted off first. Yeah. We saw her for four for four episodes for four four challenges and reward challenges. Did we? Was it just that we saw her for longer? Were there people who were worse than her who got voted off first? It's it's impossible to judge that. We can only go by what we've seen, and what we've seen was just terrible. Yes, it was not a good resume. Okay, so who'd you Bad take? Resume. So I'll you, take Jatia. You took Jatia. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna go to back to Survivor of the Amazon, and I'm gonna take Janet Koth. Janet. Which one was Janet? Second person, Granola Bar. Oh, Granola Gate. Yeah, yeah. Granola Gate. Yeah, she was no good. All right. Um, who's on? Who's your number two pick? My number two pick. Wow. Um, I think. You better not pick me. You better not pick me. I think my pick uh, Sonia. Sonia, that's a good that's a good I, pick. Especially now, you wouldn't want to play survive with Sonia. Yeah. No offense, Sonia. Boy, uh, <sighs> what? Because she's gotten older. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I don't <laughs> she, think she'd do so well. She's she's old. Yeah. Um. So let's see. I'm trying to think of. And again, when we talk about survivors, like you, when we like survivors are timeless. You know, when like when you talk about Indiana Jones, right? You're not talking about Harrison Ford now. No, you're, you're not. About, it's Indiana Jones, and it's you know forever Raiders. That of, age. He's forever Fair Raiders enough. of the Lost Ark. You, I still could, would pick. Some. You could pick BB, and it's not you know it's not the deceased BB sure. Anderson. It is the Survivor One BB. Right. Okay, um, so you still want Sonya. I still want Sonya. I think Sonya was wonderful, was lovely, was great television. I would have loved to have seen more. I would not want her on my challenge team. Yeah, boy, um, I'm trying to... Th- it's always bad when we are thinking on on the podcast, yeah. so I'll just go... I'm trying to think of somebody from recent memory. How about Courtney Moon? She couldn't even, can't even make through one no, challenge. No, she can't. She Busted <laughs> wrist. Yeah. No good. That's yeah, a, that's a good pick. No, no good, all right. All right, real quick, one more, one more pick. It has, one to be, more. it has to be a guy. Now, and we're talking about... Um, has to be a guy. Sure, of course. And we're talking about for the specific season. So if I'm picking somebody who has returned... Yeah. But was not very good on their season, their first season... Yeah. Can I pick, like, that season of that oh, who, who is it? It's Cochran. South Pacific Cochran. Oh, South Pacific Cochran. I think Cochran. South Pacific Cochran was terrible. Interesting, but he was the same guy. But then he has more confidence, so he might have the confidence now. Of... That's right. But if we were, if I was going back in time in my DeLorean and I was taking people from certain eras of Survivor, I would want to lift South Pacific Cochran 
out of that place in time and bring with me on my worst challenge. Okay. He was I, terrible. I'll go. I'll take Skinny Ryan. Skinny Ryan was also bad. <laughs> Skinny Ryan is bad. Skinny Ryan is bad. <laughs> okay. All right. So, uh, and Chet went undrafted. Wow. Oh, I should have taken Went, went undrafted. Yeah. All right. Um, okay. So. To Exile Island. Let's, let's go to our next voicemail. Uh, let's go. Let's hear what uh, our friend Matt Forsyth has to say. Uh, and here is Matt. What's up, Rob and Josh? Matt Forsyth here. My question is, is there some merit to the Braun Drop actually throwing the challenge so that they don't go into the tribe swap with numbers? I feel like when there is a tribe swap or merge, it'll be really easy for the brains and the beauty to align to get the Braun just because they have dominating numbers. So, is this a good idea or is it just a case of overplaying? Thanks. What do you think? Should That's the Braun Tribe point. throw a challenge to be down in the... I think it's an overthink. I think it's an overthink. And I know that there are people who, um, who support throwing challenges from time to time. That, there, that there's a time and place where I've... Especially in the situation that Braun is in, I saw no reason for them to throw their challenge. Well, if Sarah had the correct information, right. I don't think it's a bad play. But it's a bad play because she has bad, bad information. Info. It's, you know, it's, it's like, and I, I don't want to get, get political. It's like, you know, we have, we have information that this country is doing blah, 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 blah. Well, we got to invade them. Right. Because we have this information. This is very timely for a 24 season two. That's yes. What, that's what it's all about. Yeah. So uh, it's like, well, we have to act on this because, but, but it was like, but the intel was bad. Right. So right. you need to, you need to authenticate the uh, Cypress recording yes. before you, before you invade. The so country. Sarah, I think has the right thinking, but her vetting of the information is bad. Yeah. I don't know. I, uh, I don't like the, the idea of throwing challenges. It doesn't sit right with me. Uh, I feel like you've got your numbers. I think it's an overthink. Just let the game ride. And especially in a, in a situation like that, I think during the challenge, they must have realized we can't throw this challenge. Yeah. I also think that the target is bad for Sarah to want to get Cliff Robinson out yeah. because does Cliff Robinson Cliff Robinson seems like a super chill, low key guy. Yeah. He does not seem like the kind of guy that after the merge is going to be like wheeling and dealing right. and like, all right, you guys want to flip with me? I'm going to flip over and I'm going to like. Right. That does not seem to be the mo of Cliff Robinson think, in my mind at all. And I think there's also the very valid point of you know it was. It was said about Jimmy Johnson. It was even said about, uh, you know, Dr. Carl back in uh, <laughs> Dentist Carl in, in Africa. Someone who is an obvious, successful millionaire. That person usually doesn't win Survivor. Mm-hmm. You know, people don't necessarily feel comfortable voting for that person who doesn't need the money. Um, so I feel like, I don't know, I feel like getting rid of Cliff for that reason doesn't make sense to me. I think that there's more reasons to, to stay intact and keep Cliff along than to throw the challenge. All right, let's do one more voice. We, got, we had a lot of good uh, voicemails. Let's do uh, one more. And this is from uh, Carrie. Okay? Carrie is fired up. Hey, Rob. This is Carrie calling from Texas. After listening to your show with Steven, where you guys discussed how Jatia did a good job at Tribal and had a very gracious exit, I left a comment on the YouTube show stating that Jatia may have been a good player if she had been a fan of the show previously. I thought maybe she would have known to turn down her bossy and emotional personality and use her brain more. Um, I think I need to take that comment back. After listening to your interview this morning, 
I now see that Jatia is too egotistical to ever be a good player. She couldn't even come up with a good answer to your question about being a fan of the show. It is completely obvious that she wasn't, and she chose to lie about it. The worst part is that she's a horrible liar, and another example of how she could never be a good Survivor player. I do have to give you props for a good interview. It was obvious that she came in on the defensive, and I could tell that you had to work hard on this one. And I especially liked how you challenged her about the Twitter comments. She again shows how naive she is about Survivor and its community. Um, So I do have to ask, when she said that she would be listening, did you take that as her becoming a part of Rob Has a Planet, or did you take that as a threat? Oh, okay. Oh, so God, Jatia a said, Jatia did say, uh, you know, I'll be, I'll be listening. So, I know. I've, I've been nervous. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I think that I didn't take it as, I didn't take it as a, th- as a threat, but I didn't really get the sense that she was going to be a big part of uh, Rob as a podcast. In fairness, though, she did tweet after the show that she had a nice time, uh, and she did the interview with me. So, oh. Okay. That really came across. <laughs> Look, and if anybody thinks that that rattles my cage talking to a woman who is not thrilled to be talking to me. Well, I am <laughs> I, I, Look, I have a lot of practice talking to a woman that is not interested in what I have to say. Yeah, I a lot I of can, practice with that. I can concur. Work on that work on that every day. Yeah. <laughs> uh, That's most, called being married. Yeah, most of the time it's on this podcast <laughs> yeah. also. Um I, what I want to do is I want to talk about um Look, and you know, I I didn't have a uh, a big I- issue with with anything. Uh, I appreciate what uh, what Carrie had to say, and I, but I can't vouch whether or not uh, Jatia is a fan of the show, or whether she was recruited, or whether she applied, or or anything like that's people know the answer to that. I don't, so yeah. I can't you know say one way or the other. I'll take her at her word a lot that that's what uh, she yeah she, that's what she said a lot. She's seen it a lot. Um, I've seen Survivor a lot. Yeah. So I don't want to give you a number. It's a good show. It's embarrassing. And so, but I, what I do want to talk about is something that came up in the interview uh, with her, and I actually wanted to talk about this before Carrie's voicemail was Jatia was annoyed with former survivors right. talking about uh, her on Twitter, and she said make personal attacks. Now, I couldn't really tell in the interview whether she was uh, saying that I've made personal attacks about her. Or if the other Survivor players have made personal attacks, but what I'd like to talk about a little bit is the sort of the the Survivor family, and is it is it would you say it's is it hazing? Is it you know the current Survivors that are on the show? They go out and be on the show, right? And they can't really talk about the details of what happened, but you know every Survivor, myself included, you know has to get their two cents in, and, yeah. and as we'll talk about in the Survivor social media segment, it can get a little hairy sometimes so what do you think should the former survivor players uh tone down what they're saying no i don't think so um is it wrong for the former survivor players to be weighing in and you know maybe and maybe they're not they're not being so nice listen if that was the case then you should stop doing this podcast right now you know jatia called it um people extending their five minutes of fame i heard her say that um no, listen, everyone's got a Twitter account. Everyone's got a right to to say what's on their mind. I think that there's there's a way of doing it that's that's classy and entertaining and funny and um you know, enriching the community and then there's a way to just, you know, go off the rails and really let someone have it for no good reason. Yeah. I don't support that, but they've got a right to do it. Um I think that uh no, I feel like I personally enjoy 
you know, hearing what Penner has to say about, you know, an episode of Survivor or even reading a uh, fellow Syracuse alum Eliza's uh, tweets. So I uh, I've got no problem with it. I think it's I think it's the right thing to do. I think Penner's been quiet on Twitter this Penner, season. Penner like he likes to tweet after the fact. I think he's DVRing. <laughs> he's DVRing. Yeah. Okay. Um, so maybe he's going to binge watch. I mean, here's my rule on on Twitter, and I feel like I don't think I I've personally attacked anybody. Um, I think of Twitter kind of like the roast. Yeah. Where I kind of feel like I'm saying it on Twitter. I know the person who I'm talking about is going to see this, yeah. or if not, somebody's going to retweet it to them. So. If I'm saying it on Twitter, I feel like uh, it's not something that I wouldn't say, you know, with the person around. Yeah. So that, that's my that's sort of my rule. And I'm not 100 percent. You know, Would you say to terrible in front of. <laughs> I think I, you know, I, again, if she if she saw that, I would not be like, oh, my God, I'm so right. embarrassed that she right. saw that I that I tweeted during the episode. Just terrible. Yeah. I thought it, it's a play on words. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, wordplay. Sure. Everybody. Yeah. Everybody likes that. Yeah. I also had tweeted. Um, I am Googling to see if I'm within a thousand miles of the nuclear, whatever, but, but that's, you know, that's, that's not like, you know, somebody's ugly or something like that. So I I don't consider that a personal attack. I feel like that is, you know, it's a, it's a ribbing. If somebody is a, you know, I think if you sign on to be on a show, that's going to beat American Idol in the ratings, you know, I think that you have signed on to get jabbed at from time to time especially online it's gonna happen uh and i think if you have a thin enough skin where that's really gonna grate you i think maybe you should reconsider being Again, on Survivor. that's why i don't i don't think jatia was talking about me yeah uh, but i feel like maybe i was sort of a, a lightning rod for all former survivors okay because there are a lot of former survivors who are on twitter who are not as don't use kid gloves as much right um, specifically, I remember uh, during Survivor Caramel, I think that was one of the worst. Uh, when Andrea voted out Francesca, right, that were, got very ugly. You know, but former survivors were calling her the c word on Twitter and right. stuff and stuff like that. I feel like that was that was worse. But I think that you know the I think that's also actually not to say that that's good, but that's also a a, a kind of different case. Because Andrea had played before, mm-hmm. and she knew people in the Survivor community, and that was a very personal situation. Yeah. Uh, whereas this, this is a cast of all new players, people who are not used to this at all, and so they really are, you know, the pledges of, of the class. Right. The first time Survivors, I think, have to take it with a grain of salt. When, yeah. uh, but you know, if if somebody ever does have a problem with anything that that I've said, I like, I hope that when they have the chance, they they tell me what they had a problem yeah. with, and I'm happy to talk about it. Yeah. And you know, look, a lot of times. I know myself, I'm tweeting during the episode. Right. I don't have like, it's not like one of these things where I write something funny to say and then, you know, I put it in a, on a post-it and I look at it for like two hours and say, yeah, that's still funny. Like sometimes, you know, yeah. I, I'll, I'll definitely have some swings and misses. We're live. Live tweeting the episode. We're sure. live. Sure. But at the end of the day, it's, you know, it's Twitter. And be, I think that if you are a new survivor, I think you should be happy that people are talking about you or unless you want to have that as your platform that hey i you know you know if, if you are somebody who watches survivor a lot yeah um then if you assuming you continue to watch survivor hopefully everything you say going forward will also be very nice and supportive and positive right so um it's probably not gonna be the case with me <laughs> yeah just to be honest just what whatever i think that people you know just 
it's all in good fun. I think so too. But again, well, I not all of it, but it should it well, should be it in good should fun. be in good fun, yeah. and that's more on the former survivors who yeah. are not tweeting in good fun, yeah. like. You know, j- try to be entertaining at yeah. the at the end of the day. Yeah. Try you know, try to have some wit. Try to do- just don't spew hate yep. because that's not necessary either. And again, I don't know what you know. I don't have Jatia's timeline. I don't know what what people said to her. Yeah. So, but for the most part, the the survivors that that I you know see on my on my timeline again. I also read a lot of the comments. If there was anything that was that biting, I feel like uh, that the interns would have pulled it for yeah. me. So. We'll, we'll see. You got uh, a good crowd. I think people rein themselves in. You know, if, if they're going to the dark side, they don't let it out too. If much. anything, that there are some of the fans yeah. who are real, or you know, say terrible things. Yeah. Not most. You know, ninety nine point nine percent of the fans are very positive, but there are yeah. some people that are you These know Sith spew, out there. Yeah, spew yeah. hate on Twitter. Those are usually the people with the, the egg people on Twitter that don't really have an avatar. Right. Uh, right. Th- those they're the uh, the most upset. My wife's allergic to eggs. <laughs> yeah. There you go. I'm allergic to eggs on Twitter. Yeah, me too. Okay, so let's uh, segue here into okay. We did speaking voicemail. of social media. Oh, did we want to tr- did we want to try to do this? Uh, oh, sure. Let's okay. do this. Let's, yeah. Let, let's do let's do this segment. Uh, but this is something that we've never attempted before. And so what we're going to do here is there was so many inappropriate comments during the episode last night. There was too many to pull. So I wanted to try something new. Let me just uh, switch this off real quick. Okay. So what I want to try to do, is, rather than pull a bunch of clips, Josh and I are actually going to do commentary on the Survivor Challenge itself. It was a good one. So this is the reward challenge. If you want to queue it up and watch it with us, uh, that you should be able to sync it up to when Jeff says Survivor's ready, that's when you should hit play. Okay. All right. You ready to do this? And what I'm going to do is uh, that I felt like this was this challenge was hurt by a lack of sound effects. So in addition to talking about the reward challenge, yeah. I'm going to give you the bell every time someone gets hit in the groin. I think that's going to happen a lot. Okay. So here we go. Let's take, go back and take a look at the reward challenge. We'll, we're going to cover inappropriate comments. We're going to cover strategy yeah. and talk about all things reward challenge and hit the bell every time somebody gets hit in the groin. Okay. Let's do it. All right, so here we go. We're going to sync this up. And then if you want to start this at home, then uh, you know you know where to start it from uh, at the point where Jeff says, Survivor's ready. That is where you are going to start your thing, okay? All right, here we go. Here we Four go. Rewards. Survivor's ready. Go. This is, this is either the, the best idea we've ever had or the, or the worst, worst idea, the worst idea yeah. we've ever had. Um, now, it seems All like the, the challenge makers were somewhat sadistic here with this challenge. I think because, very much. Because it's, There's barrels that have no reason to be there. <laughs> yes. There's literally no reason just to hurt people. And it seems like that the challenge producers, John Kierhofer and company, seemed like they intentionally put pieces to jut out to hit people in the groin. Exactly. I think that that was very much the intention of this challenge. Yeah. Um, so that was good. <laughs> I also do not like blindfold challenges as a person who participates in Survivor. Have you done blindfold challenges? I did I two. Remember. I did a reward challenge. Uh, oh, Lindsay also. Well, that got one. Well, that was Lindsay though. Yeah, but Lindsay gets it a lot. Yeah. So you're giving. And I think those are groin shots. <laughs> okay. So I participated in a reward challenge that was like this, and I also did uh, the final four challenge in Survivor of the Amazon. That's right. Was also blindfolded, and I, and I did not like it. Yeah, I can't imagine. I have a. 
There you go. There's, There's LJ a, number poor one. Poor LJ. Now, right in the LJ. I was... <laughs> it took it square on. Yeah. yeah. Oh, there's Spencer. That's, that's that was more the yeah. that's a kneecap. kneecap. I also was in the episode where I got voted out on Survivor, the All Stars. Yeah. They did this. It was the most brutal. Well, that was that a uh, that was like a uterus shot. I think that's not the stomach. I think that that was something else. Yeah. What do you think it was? Uh, I'd rather not say. In the <laughs> the ovaries. You might say the ovaries. The eggs. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. the eggs. <laughs> so um, I was I was on the sidelines for that challenge, and right. I saw like Big Tom. He, I don't know how he didn't get a concussion, or they they didn't diagnose it if it was, but That's he right. got hit with one of these Tetris blocks, boom, so hard in yeah. the in the face. Big Tom is not somebody that I would want in a blindfold challenge. Yeah. I don't think that that's a good fit. Here comes Spencer. Oh. Took one hard. Spencer. (laughs) What would be worse, to get hit in the groin or to get hit in the groin and then have somebody doing commentary on it? I think the second one. (laughs) Yeah, just let it go. If if it happens, just ignore it. Try to move on. Walk it off. Here we go. Oh, yeah. LJ really took And it. he's pissed. Took it's it the worst. most emotion I've seen from LJ all season. Um, now, at this point, LJ is now, like, holding holding the sack, yeah. <laughs> literally in, in front so of the speak, sack. So to speak, holding the sack. Uh, which I think is the smarter way to go. Yeah, I think so. Um, if you're going to protect one spot, I think that's the one. Yeah. This tribe, really, nobody seemed to get, like, head-on uh, hurt with other things, like in that challenge from the All-Stars. Right. But uh, the, the groins really took a beating. It was <laughs> and not in a good way. Tony seemed to come away unscathed without the uh, no groin shots. Tony was okay. They, yeah. didn't, they didn't show much Tony, and I feel like they would have. Tony, I think, takes a big spill towards the end. Lindsay seemed to take it worse for the other. Lindsay had a hard time. Yeah. This is heavy. And, and Lindsay gets hit Ooh. in the head with the thing. Okay. There we go. So... Here I come. don't understand now, why oh, they... Oh, yeah. Why, and then Cass uh, goes uh, right into the barrel. I don't get why they left Jatia alone. I know that they don't want her running around on the obstacle course, but don't you think she should be supervised? <laughs> you think that she... You don't want her to be responsible for pulling the rig. Yeah, maybe Jatia, the better spot for her, would have just been dragging her yeah, through I'm the challenge. Yeah, thinking like Colby and Jerry in Australia, just like picking them up and, and going. I feel like that would have been the better play. Okay. So the Brains Tribe is actually in the lead at this point. Right. Yeah, they were doing well. They're doing good. Well, Be- Beauty was really killing it in this challenge. But I think anybody in this challenge that started running. Oh, was that there we technically? Go. I think that counts. It counts. That's contact. So, but anybody, you're wearing a blindfold. This is a bad idea to start running. No, you don't want to run with a blindfold on. <laughs> this is... That's how people get hurt. Not a good idea. Yeah. This is my favorite. Yep. Oh. That was Spencer. Oh, Spencer. This would yep. be a really frustrating challenge to lose, too. To go through all of this yes. and get nothing. But And then the putting the flag on the thing seems to be Beauty Tribe, no problem. No problem. No problem whatsoever. Seems very easy. But that's what I'm saying with... It's you also, can't have Jatia on one of those ropes. It's also funny. Beauty Tribe is just like hanging out now at this point. Yeah, they're just chilling. 
Yeah, Tony's fine. Yeah. A lot of confidence. Also, Wu is, uh, laughs pretty hard a couple times when people get hurt. <laughs> Wu is having a great time on Survivor. This is what Survivor's all about. Getting hit in the nuts and having podcasters make fun of you about it. Nicole felt like Tasha was pretty psychotic also. For what reason? That she's just screaming all, like... All right. She's intense. All right. So now Spencer puts the flag on the gurney. Yeah. Okay. Everything looks okay. They got a hell of a lead right. right now. And then it's that. So it's Jatia is not picking up her either. Either Spencer's picking up his end too fast, or Jatia's picking up her end too slow. They're out of sync. It's not the right. It's not the right way. So now here comes Tony and Lindsay, and now they're gonna run. Oh wow! Oh man! And Close. Tony is like, depending on the hang, that might have been. <laughs> And now, what is Jatia doing here with the flagpole? Whatever Jatia ever is doing. It's almost like she's not even... Oh, and then Lindsay gets hurt. And yeah. Lindsay gets hit so hard and she <laughs> falls on the ground. Slow motion fall, too. It's very anime. And then... Yeah, it was a slow motion yeah. fall. And, and, and then I don't know. Is, is it like Braille? Is she is she reading... This seems like Jatia is just trying to throw the challenge here at this yeah. point. And it's like... I don't know why Tasha is not lose, is not going off at this point. Spencer's so mad. Yeah, they're all pretty pissed off. Okay. And they don't even take, like, one last chance to hoist it. No. And then here comes... There you go. That, that, was, that was the Braun Tribe winning. Nobody got hit in the groin. No. But the, well, the brains did. Collectively. This is my favorite part when uh, what Jatia says after the challenge. Spencer's throwing his buff on the ground in disgust. I love this part. Just wasn't on there. Securely the first time. Sorry, we did a good job. All right, we did a good job. There you go. Good work. Good effort. Hey, do you get points for effort on Survivor? We did a good job. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's like how everyone in uh, in elementary school gets an A. You know, you did all right. All right, so there was all of your inappropriate comments that were in there. There was all of your groin shots in one episode. And let us know in the comments if that worked for you, if that was a Mystery Science Theater 3000 <laughs> or that was a huge miss. That was, hey. It could go either way. We did a good job. We did all right. We did, we did okay. Okay. Uh, let's get I into feel like s- Probst really reined it in on the commentary there. I think that he could have really gone for it. He could have that. What did you think of when uh, who, I forget who got hurt and he's like, "Oh, that's gonna leave a mark." Yeah, that was kind of a douchey comment. Yeah, that was a little douchey. <laughs> Honestly, the the douche levels on Probst this one episode were fairly high. <laughs> it was high. He was pretty mad at the brains. It was it was no good. All right, let's get into social media. We've got a lot of good right. spe- I'm glad we talked about survivors on Twitter because I think we have like the best, it's the best of times, it's the worst of times on yeah. social media. Uh, Jeff Pittman at True Dork Times, who I believe he's probably the person to ask for who is the worst survivor of all time. That yeah, Stephen brought I would this love up to hear night. what he has to say. About I, I would love to hear from Jeff scientifically who's the worst survivor yeah. of all time. So uh, he says, tribal challenges that one person can do single-handedly aren't very satisfying, especially if, you know, that person is a pro, okay? So I wonder talk, who he's talking about. I'm talking about Cliff Robinson. Oh. And now here comes Uncle Cliffy30 on Twitter to respond, if your so-called tribe mates are trying to throw a challenge to get you off, it's okay to be a pro at True Dark Times. Not my fault, LOL. So good comeback from Cliffy. There Uncle- you go. Uncle Cliffy. Very sensitive, Uncle Cliffy. At Jeff Bland had this to say, all I'm saying is regardless of how it was made or laid the eggs, the chickens were delicious. Hashtag tasty, hashtag beauty tribe, hashtag survivor, hashtag reward, hashtag KFC. That's a lot of hashtags. A lot of hashtags. Is Jeffra angling at a KFC uh, endorsement? endorsement? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, at Lindsay Ogle 28 says, people are unbelievable. Hashtag integrity. 
Whoa. Yeah. Wait, you, you like the self-righteous tweet? That was a self-righteous subtweet. Yeah. Uh, then she says, uh, it's my opinion. And if you want your own opinion, that is great. This is just mine. What's the opinion? That people are unbelievable. It's a bold opinion. It's a bold opinion. Yeah. Um, and then she <laughs> tweets to, think about to uh, at Uncle Cliffy, let's do the amazing race. LOL, Jeff Probst. I would rather see Wu and Cliff on the Amazing Race. Yeah, I think you're the third wheel on that Amazing yeah, Race team, so. Lindsay. With all, with all due respect. Yeah. All right, at Spencer at BGM to, uh, said, uh, "Sorry, Spencer Bledsoe the second. You would have been a great son." There you go. Uh, <laughs> yeah, good. yeah. I am a little worried about lasting damage to him and LJ. That was uh, that's a lot. Yeah. Um, Survivor tweet at the actual CBS Twitter yes. tweeted last night. At, Oh, at Spencer BGM, prove your case to them and fast. Um, and then Spencer, I guess, tweeted a uh, a gif of Jervis uh, floundering in the in the water, uh, and and uh, tweeted, uh, "We could have used you at Adas Music." Oh, there you go. All right. So, okay. Then uh, Denise Stapley. At Goofy Gal eleven seventy one, and my guest next week on Rob as a podcast. Oh, this that's is, great! I love it when the podcast and the guest comes together at the right time because Denise is the perfect person that I want to talk to on the first episode after the tribe swap. Definitely, she's the right the right person in the right time. That's great. Um, let's see. Okay, uh, great Twitter handle at Goofy Gal eleven seventy one. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, easy so, to find. She uh. She says, uh, at Spencer BGM, had me worried for a second, silly edit. P.S. Your face was priceless during the water challenge. Yeah, Spencer was so mad this whole episode. Is really... Hashtag, I can relate. That's yeah, it was really great. I can, I can imagine her and Malcolm feel the pain. Uh, Denise also said, sperm banks across the nation are smiling at this challenge. Hashtag, taking one for the team. <laughs> okay. Uh, Cass, she tweeted, uh, tonight on Hashtag Survivor, me, blindfolded, and tied to a 21-year-old man while Jeff laughs. There you go. Hashtag inappropriate. What's so funny about that? I guess that's that's kinky. I guess. <laughs> then, because also Cass... I just kind of think it's hot. Cass said she got in trouble uh, with Mr. Cass recently when she had said how hot Garrett was. He was wow. good to look at. Listen, you can't deny facts. Yeah. Those eyes. Well, I hope that Mr. Cass is in, uh, insecure. Maybe. I don't know. Possible. Uh, so then also Cass tweeted, anyone who thinks they could throw a challenge against the Brains tribe has another thing coming. Hashtag uh, Mensa means you pay to be told you are smart. Just saying. <laughs> Here you go. Cass. I love how much Cass hates the Brains tribe. It's very funny. Here's Eliza on Twitter. Eliza, again, was on fire. So maybe Jatia was, uh, got, got copied on some of these Eliza tweets. All right. All right. Here's Eliza. Tweet number one. All because Sarah is the dumbest, most gullible Survivor player ever. I thought she was a cop and could read people. Hashtag loser. Hashtag Survivor. Wow. There's your winner in the clubhouse so far. Okay. Uh, But she's not done. Okay. Sarah is so, all caps, freaking stupid. It is beyond comprehension. What a moron. Don't throw a challenge period ever period you idiot period wow. hashtag survivor wow i'm upset by this <laughs> yeah 
Yeah. And this is coming from someone who played a stick as an immunity idol, right? <laughs> did she play the stick? I think I she think did. I think she she tried to. I think so. I don't think that she's in a position here. Um, then Eliza Doesn't also have said... higher ground. Uh, well, I love it. I love it. I, I want Eliza to tweet twice as much during summer. <laughs> uh, then she also tweeted, This quote-unquote beauty tribe is certainly showing their beauty, parentheses, not brains, colors today. Scary dumb. Hashtag survivor. They just got to go to the uh, Emily Fox School of Poultry, and they'll they'll be fine. <laughs> Next time. They'll be all right. All right. Uh, here's at Vetus Yoga, your favorite. Vetus. I love Vetus. Vetus, uh, he says, watching hashtag Survivor with the East Coast peeps. Uh, love how at underscore Morgan McLeod is stirring the pot from the bottom after that tribal. Play it, girl! Exclamation point. Uh, I, I like Morgan. Is Vetus working it here? Is he, Vetus, might he might be. Putting some that would be a great in? Survivor power couple. Yeah. I would like that. Allegedly, uh, Morgan also retweeted that. Oh, wow. There you go. Maybe they're DMing right now. All right. Tweet of the night. Tweet of the night. Our friend at Lisi underscore Linares. Okay. Are you ready ready for this? Hold on. Is this going to require some music, maybe? (laughs) It may. It might. It may. All right. So at Lisi Linares uh, tweeted this picture last night. Uh, can you make? Can you describe to me what's happening what in this picture? What is happening in this picture? So apparently, it appears to be. Is uh, she licking Spencer? Yeah. So this is uh, Spencer. It looks like is she, she has licking her, Spencer's eye. She has the TV paused, and she is licking uh, Spencer. Oh my and god! She tweeted also. Uh, then uh, yeah. So that's basically she's putting the message out there. Oh wow! Yeah. And sending some feelers out. Set, put it out. Does so, she know that he doesn't wear his tidy whities anymore? <laughs> Didn't isn't he too big for those now? So what then? Uh, uh, RHAP a recapper who uh, was the the head of interns this week tweeted uh, at Lisa Linares and Spencer BGM together at last. This is a huge coup for Team Tidy Whities. Wow! So I would watch them on the Amazing Race. <laughs> Yeah, um, I don't think that that's actually the show. I think that's the name of. And she else. said, and she puts the hashtag uh, "Tidy Whiteies" and then says "Ninja." So I don't know is Spencer the ninja? Oh my gosh! Yeah, or is she the ninja? I don't know. But then she also she also tweeted uh, something else. And maybe we just need to uh, have some 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 background here for this. Okay, that was just a little mood music. Oh, but yeah. then, but then she also she may have been drinking also last night. She's okay. talking about happy hour also okay. in her timeline. But then, who is who is this? Then she's licking another picture on her TV. She's after Tasha. Is that Tasha? She's also licking Tasha. She's licking Tasha. So so <laughs> it was. That's a very before. conspicuous shot of Tasha too. Yeah. Have you have you licked a, a a boy on Survivor? Have you licked a girl on Survivor? Have you licked yep. the TV screen <laughs> of a boy on Survivor? Have you licked the TV set? Oh my god. Um, it's been a while. I hope she dusts it first. Oh, yeah. Hope she dusts it. Um at Malcolm WHW, Mr. Survivor. I haven't seen any Instagram pictures with the Mr. Survivor. Yeah, I yet. followed him very specifically for this reason. He's gotta step up. He tweets all caps, more spy shack this week, please. I agree. Sad lack of Spy Shack this week. Yeah. Uh, here's another good one. Here's from Garrett Adelstein. Not Who's that? That's uh, Garrett, Garrett Adelstein, but he, he can't fit the N on Twitter. Oh. So he's Garrett Adelstein. Okay. He says, Jatia, you played a flawless game, girl. Just got unlucky. Hashtag, don't leave that mental patient alone. Hashtag, not bitter. Hashtag, actually so bitter. Hashtag, yes, I suck at Survivor too. Oh, wow. Yeah. Hashtag so bitter. I've never seen that. 
so bitter. Listen, yeah. sometimes that requires a hashtag. It, it, it does, sometimes. Poor Garrett. Uh, let's also, uh, our friend at Peter, also Peter Brown said, uh, at Spencer BGM, dude, I honestly think you would have been better off on your own. Ha ha. His own tribe? <laughs> yeah. So brains versus beauty versus brawn versus Spencer? Yeah. Uh, you think Spencer would have won more challenges in the brains tribe? <laughs> It'd be hard to have lost more challenges yeah. than, um, here's at Tony Vlachos. Uh, Tony tweeted to me and Stephen Fishback. Oh, wow. Great podcast last night, guys. Seemed a bit rushed, but still it was great. What does he mean? I don't know. I didn't think it was too rushed. Was it because Stephen Fishback was running late? What's behind the bamboo curtain? I don't know. We got to peel back the bamboo curtain That's what at Stephen Fishback's house. Uh, at Sierra Easton tweeted, Great night of Survivor. I have my favorites, dot, dot, dot. Was that a dot, dot, dot? Hmm? Mm, I think that's a dot, dot, dot. I have my favorites, dot, dot, dot. But tonight, I loved at Spencer BGM. Okay. Spencer is the the, uh, the apple in the eye of all the former Survivors. Yeah, everyone loves Spencer. Uh, and then okay. Laura Moret chimed in and said, at Sierra and at Spencer BGM, me too. Love me some Uncle Cliffy in. Okay. Okay. Okay, so she loves Uncle Cliffy and Spencer. She's got her favorite. Well, they've got a reason to root for Uncle Cliffy, right? Because he's from the played basketball in the yeah. in the Northwest. Yeah. Uh, at Russell Russell Hans had this to say. Oh boy. Uh, no matter how many people try to be me in the game of Survivor, there are a few requirements. One, getting to the final three with strategic domination. He does not go on to list what the <laughs> other requirements are, but that is one of the requirements. Okay. Okay. If All you right. want to be Russell Hans, get to the final three with strategic domination. And then also, he also tweeted on March 11th. Uh, who My birthday. Would, who, who would, happy birthday. Oh, thank you. Uh, who would like to see me play Survivor against uh, Dereal Little Hans? Hashtag Survivor, hashtag killing it. Has, and then retweet if so. So would you like to see Russell Hans play Survivor against Brandon Hans? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm going to come right out and say definitely no. Yeah. No interest, zero interest, less than zero interest. Uh, okay, I would rather see Jatia again. Okay, uh, Russell also kind of would like to see Jatia play again. Russell also had this to say: um, I don't get why so many people are upset with this Bachelor guy. You can't expect a guy to fall in love <laughs> on a TV show in that short period of time. But that's the premise of the show. <laughs> well, you can't. So ex- of course you have to expect that, right? And then he also tweeted, personally, I did not watch The Bachelor, but remember, people, it's mostly scripted TV. I'm sure he, that he will fall in love with her in time. <laughs> oh, wow. Arranged marriage. I could l- l- read tweets of Russell talking about anything, pretty much. Yeah. Okay. You have to, I don't know, hard to understand sometimes. Great job uh, by uh, RHAP Recapper. Yeah. Uh, fantastic. And then uh, next week, uh, Jessica Frey is going to be taking over, uh, putting all this together for me. So, Josh, I think that was everything that I have here on my uh, on my list to talk about today. I think that's it. Yeah. Um, thank you so much for coming here in the studio. By the way, uh, ever this this new configuration I have, it's now seventy five point eight degrees in I'm here. I'm feeling good though. I'm actually a little chilly. I might have yeah, to put a, a... <laughs> I might have to put a jacket on. It's a little. Uh, I have a sweatshirt in the car. I should have gone. So this car. worked out well. Yeah, we, this worked out great. We've, we've got just from two weeks ago. Yeah. Think about how far we've come. That we have uh, the room isn't ninety degrees. We yeah. have a, a guest wearing a headset and not moving the microphone too far away from his mouth. No, I think I hit it at one point. I'm sorry. Okay, well, well, we'll see. Sorry, guys. All right, I would love to hear from you guys in the comments, uh, and also uh, Josh would love to hear from you as well on Twitter. He's at Round Howard. Um, I think the hashtag I want to go with. If you made it this far in the podcast, did you have something? Did you have anything that jumped out at you? Um, got one from earlier in the show. What did you get? 
Uh, let's use hashtag blackfish. Okay. Okay. I like it. Uh, Coach had a lot to say about that movie. Let's do it. He was very. Coach what was did very. He think he was very upset about it. In like it moved him, or that he didn't like the way it was made. Yeah, I went to the zoo a couple of weeks ago with Otis and Tyson. That's right. When when they were in town, when Tyson was in town after the roast, and Otis was talking about blackfish a lot. Yeah. And Tyson was sort of like, "Well, you can't believe everything you see." Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Tyson doesn't believe blackfish. Tyson says, well, he feels like any documentary has an agenda. Sure. And he felt like, of course, of course, Blackfish is going to paint uh, SeaWorld in a poor light because that's why they made the movie. Right. And if they didn't have a strong opinion about SeaWorld, then their movie would be a failure. Right. So he's sort of like uh, more open minded about it. But Otis was very much against the Blackfish. We should get uh, Tyson and Coach He had a lot on... of questions about at the zoo for the people that worked at the zoo about how the animals were treated. We should do a, a Tyson and Coach Blackfish post-show recap. Debate. A debate, yeah. That'd be great. Fantastic. Yeah. All right, so uh, if you want to hear more, more from Josh, uh, definitely check us out on post-show recaps. Uh, Josh and I, we haven't announced this yet, are going to be covering, we're going to be recapping Game of Thrones Season 3. Yes. Uh, I don't know if we have a date for the start of that. but uh, Not this coming Monday. The Monday after, I think, is what we said. We're going to do a rewatch of Game of Thrones Season 3. We're going to watch one episode a day, like we did with House of Cards, for the 10 weekdays leading up to the premiere of Game of Thrones Season 4. And then on Sunday nights, we will bring you Game of Thrones live on post-show recaps. We'll be Should live. call it Game of Thrones Dead. I feel like that would be more accurate. <laughs> we, have, we do The Walking Dead live. We don't do The Walking Dead Dead. I would do that show. <laughs> I do Saturday Night Live live. Yeah. Uh, so check that out on post-show recaps. Uh, that is coming up. I mentioned at the top of the show about uh, how people are supporting the podcast, becoming patrons of the show. Thank you guys uh, so much. I really appreciate all the support you guys are giving me, helping me uh, make these shows for you guys every day. Uh, but you guys have been very generous in your support, and thank you very much. And if you would like to uh, find out more about that process, you can go to robhasawebsite.com slash patron because it helps uh it helps a great deal do it yeah it's the right thing to do well cool. let's not get it, make it a moral issue but it definitely is it's a, a moral it's issue. a cool thing to do it's a cool thing to do all right so the right thing to do anything anything else i've got uh big brother canada podcast coming for you guys those are gonna be on tuesday and friday 7 p.m eastern 4 p.m pacific and then we'll be back to do more amazing race on uh sun on we'll have our show on sunday night our recap show and then we will do amazing race live on monday night at 10 p.m eastern 7 p.m pacific all right right. that sounds fun okay so busy uh, times busy 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 times busy times all right well josh thank you so much and uh thanks to everybody who made it this far in this marathon podcast and we'll talk to you again soon take care 